This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. May the fourth be with you guys. And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. It's a miracle. For the first time in two years, Ricky Wimmer did not say, what's up, what's up. What's up, what's up, guys. And for that, I am. <laughs> yeah, you got what you deserve right there. And I was grateful. But anyways, today we are going to have a boatload of topics for you. We're going to be talking about David Fisdale and can he bring LeBron to the New York Knicks. Then we're going to go into our wet boys for the playoffs. That's week three uh, of Playoff wet boys. Then we're going to go to the NBA draft and what Igor Kokoskov been trying on the pronunciation for about an hour now. Yep. Uh, Igor Kokoskov means for the Suns draft. Then we're going to go over to Kawhi Leonard again. Ricky just wrote an article um, on the website. We're going to talk about that and then we're going to finish it up with our NBA draft lottery 2018 predictions. It's been something we've been doing for the past three years and we're going to try to look into our crystal ball. But before we do that. Go over to iTunes and rate us five stars. Not only the Fast Break, but the Onside Kick, the Primetime Podcast, the Rick and Johnny Podcast, and uh, I said all of them, Onside Kick, and then the Fast Break. Mm-hmm. Those are all the ones on iTunes. Outcasts are not on iTunes yet, but you can find all of their videos, all of their podcasts, on the site, mostvalopodcast.com, and on YouTube. And while you're on Most Valuable Podcast, head over to the shop and buy yourself some MVP merch. We have the MVP merch uh, or the MVP T-shirt. I gotta up bust on that the out store next as well. week. Yeah, I think we gotta start wearing that a little bit more. Should but anyways, we all wear it? No, we're not I, gonna pull a buzz and juice. Oh. Even though I love them, even though I love them, <laughs> I, they I think an we MVP shirt. We've never had a fast break where every single one we of us wore for good reason. <laughs> but let's jump into the first topic. That's gonna be David Fisdale and the hire of David Fisdale for the New York Knicks. And we're talking: Can he bring LeBron to the New York Knicks? And if he can't, what is this team gonna look like with? Uh, the New York Knicks in 2018-2019 and how David Fisdale can run that. So let's start off. Obviously, LeBron and Fisdale have some connections. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fisdale was an assistant coach on the Miami Heat team when LeBron was over there. Mm -hmm. And LeBron, when Fisdale was fired from the Memphis Grizzly job, tweeted out, I need some answers. It feels like my man was a fall guy. And also he said, uh, he spoke out about it the next day saying, uh, maybe that's what it was because he know uh, because I know he ain't gonna kiss nobody's ass. I know that. So mm. LeBron and David Fisdale do have a connection, and now this hiring does it really put them in the right spot to go after LeBron James, Dave? I mean, I think it puts them in a better spot than they were before because before they had virtually zero percent. Mm. I'm not gonna be like totally honest in that, but like basically you moved yourself up into the realm. There's a reason why he could go there. Like he and Fisdale. Good connection, like you said, from Miami. I think they still are pretty close. Uh, they David Fisdale mentioned they still talk, they still keep up. So I think, yes, having somebody who you can respect as a head coach would be a nice change of pace for LeBron as he's coming off of you know, Ty Lue, who doesn't do anything. And I honestly think that... Except for bench George Hill. I mean, that was, or was that LeBron? I was LeBron. That was LeBron. Don't, don't, don't be any credit you want to give Ty Lue, just know he got stepped over. The coach, the GM, the mayor, mm-hmm. the owner, he's everything yeah. in Cleveland. Well, he uh, drew up that play so that they could go to overtime against the Raptors and win that game. He also did that. LeBron? Ty Lue. Oh. No, Ty Lue. Because the, the game it, it winner didn't go in. was the worst play I've ever seen drawn up in my life. It I'm sorry, I don't want to go on a rant. <laughs> but, Rick, but, Ricky, like, coming back to Fisdale, what, yeah. is, what does the coaching mean to LeBron James? Do you think that's going to play into a factor? Because we know that no. LeBron's whole thing is he wants to think about life after basketball. He wants to go to a younger team. That's what we've been hearing about the free agent. Or he wants to play with a star. That's why Houston's been in there. Those are the thoughts. But do you think coaching is going to play a factor into this? Because he hasn't really had a great coach uh, in Cleveland so far with Ty Lue. David Blatt really hasn't been getting along with those guys. How I feel about this is that 
David Fisdale's great. David Fisdale, the coach of the Knicks. I love the move on that side. Does this hire bring LeBron James to the Knicks? Not a fat chance. Does it and move the, the needle, though? Not at all. So, so really, it was well, 0% the, and still 0%. The reason why I say that is maybe I'm crazy for saying mm-hmm. this, but not looking at coaching, because yes, Fizdale is a step up than Ty Lu in my oh, yeah. mind. Look at the Cavs team. We're complaining right now that, you know, LeBron, yeah, they're playing up in some games. JR had a good game. Kyle Korver had a good game. But overall this season, it's wow. This cast of characters hasn't been what LeBron's used to. You think you're going to get anything better than that in New York? No, you're not. But you're going to be, instead of JR and Corver and TT and Love, it's going to be Tim Hardaway Jr. and Enos Cantor. Well, also, uh, Courtney Lee, I don't know if you heard of a guy named Christophs Porzingis, pretty he's damn sort of good. Okay. Well, Porzingis, uh, too, we don't know. First off, he's going to miss most of the season because usually the ACL's a year long. That'll mm-hmm. be like February, and we don't know what he's going to be like coming back. To be fair, we don't know what the Knicks record like, is going to be like at that bad. point. And also Frank Nikitalino. But, yeah. but yeah. And also, we don't know what the record's going to be, but if they have LeBron James, I think it's going to be pretty decent. And yeah. as long as you're in the playoffs, just, we've seen that LeBron James could do LeBron, a decent amount of damage. If LeBron James is going to, like, here's what I think. If LeBron James is going to stay in the East, yeah. he's either staying in Cleveland or he's going to Philly. Ooh. If he doesn't stay in the East, he's going to Houston. Those are the big three. L.A. is still an option, but it's a small option. And, and one thing I also want to throw in there with the Knicks, too, they have Chris Stapps, they have Frank Nikitalina, they have some role players in uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Enos Cantor, and Courtney Lee, and then also they still do have that top 10 pick. So not only could they draft a young player to put around LeBron, there also is that big name of Kawhi Leonard floating around that they could go after. And if they move some cap, mm-hmm. let's say a Joe Kim Noah, or Jesus, yeah. hey, maybe maybe they already you know, try to move a guy like Tim Hardaway because he is a role player and while he hasn't been bad, maybe if they're trying to free up cap space, they could even go True. after you know Paul George. I'm just saying, like they're they're New York isn't, just, isn't the team like the team that you see right now or the team that you saw last year reason. isn't the isn't the team that's going to be out there next year. Yeah, I just I feel like right now with the Knicks where it's like. First off, with the whole Kawhi thing, I know with my article, the Knicks were one of those teams because Kawhi said he wanted to go to a big market or the Spurs fear that he might want that. The thing I feel like with a Knicks-Spurs trade is the big hinging factor is the number nine overall pick, and that's what's going to do it. However, is this team, let's say Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James are your big three— is that going to be able to compete with Philly? Is that going to be able to compete with wait with a Celtics team that right now without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward are playing better than we would have thought, and Hold they're on. getting that experience and could possibly be the best coach team in the East? Did you just ask if a trio of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and LeBron James could take down the Boston Celtics? Let's or put it Philly? this way. LeBron James is playing great. Okay. PG did not look good this playoffs. Did okay. not look he had a couple like good games. Playoff and also, let's put a, maybe like let's one put a, game of playoff P. Let's put a facilitator like and LeBron then James. Actually, Kawhi yeah. Leonard has basically taken an entire year off. Okay, but he was also an MVP candidate before. He's probably the best two way player in the NBA. And also, and also, hold on. And also, I know he's not healthy. The but, other but thing into that's this gonna make, is hold on. That's going to make your fourth option mm-hmm. a guy named Kristaps Porzingis, who is one of the best young big men in the league. So, weirdly enough, I'm going to take the team with LeBron, mm-hmm. Paul George, Kristaps Porzingis, here's, and Kawhi Leonard. But here's why out of I'm, any team, here's why I'm going to tell you it's not, or Eastern. Here's why I'm going to tell you it's not going to happen, though. Yeah. And you mentioned him, Kristaps Porzingis. No, it's not going to happen because LeBron's not going to sign just a one-year deal. Paul George isn't going to sign just a one-year deal. Really, the only one out of that three who's done after a year. Is Kawhi and 
after next season, you got to start re-signing KP, and KP's going to want some money. Okay. Or going to be earned some fair. money. But one, yeah. one thing that I'll just throw out there, and again, I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. looking contracts right now. I'm just throwing out the fact that, yeah. you know, again, Chris Epps is on such a small contract that you could possibly those make those four, yeah. four He's work. got 4.5 this year, 5.6 next year. Wouldn't you say... That having a title in New York, the first mm-hmm. time since 1973, would be fine if you aren't going to have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Chris. If you're if you're not going to have those big four around, if you're able to get a title out of it, wouldn't it be worth it for New York in the first year out of, out of, in you know 40 plus years not having a title, bringing a title back home finally, having LeBron's first year again. This is because mm-hmm. we're and throwing out a team of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Chris Porzingis and LeBron James. Again, it's not going to happen, but I just, if, it, if it somehow happens, I think it's worth it for New York. If even they, if it's if a they one get and those. done. Exactly. It would be worth it if you can get And you get still all, get LeBron James. It would be <laughs> worth it if you can get all three, but I think the only one you get is LeBron. And the reason why I say that is, yeah, Joakim Noah, they're looking to get that salary off yep. the books, but you still have Enos Cantor, who is probably going to accept his player option. He'll come back at 18.6. Yeah. You also have... Tim Hardaway Jr. Which, well, saying they trade Tim Hardaway. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the Spurs are going to want Tim Hardaway Jr. They'll say, fuck it, we'll keep Kawhi. Thanks for offering but us also the But it's also the ninth. I know. I yeah. think the Spurs in the end go, Thank you, thanks but no thanks, we'll keep Kawhi because we don't need to trade him at this point. So you got Tim Hardaway Jr. at 17.3 next year. Courtney Lee's at 12.2. I don't think there's going to be enough room to sign PG. There's of course. not going to be enough to get the trade for Kawhi. LeBron's the only one you're Look, getting. Again, like we're, we're saying that everything yeah. has to go right for the Knicks for this to happen. Yeah. Again, we're not saying this is going to be the team. Oh, I know. But I'm just saying. I'm saying like, it's not going to But what but, I'm saying. Again, there's, there's a potential there's, for it LeBron literally traded an entire team away mid-season. I not Colby Elman. LeBron did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, saying. different management, yeah. different team, though. The, the management in Cleveland is not the same management in New York. It's arguably better than the management in New York? I'm just saying. I mean, the owner is not as good as the one in Cleveland, but the management that they brought <laughs> in to replace Phil Jackson, I would say, is better than Cleveland. I don't know about that. I would not put my money on that. But my point being, I mean, they're both the NBA, in the first year. It's hard to players judge. are heavily tradable. And as we come up to the draft, that number nine pick gets juicier and juicier for teams. Mm-hmm. I just think that treating it like it's – the only reason is basketball reasons. Like, there's a reason Carmelo Anthony chose New York. It was not for basketball reasons. Mm-hmm. It was because it's the mecca. It was because he could be a, tr- a superstar, grow his brand, grow himself as a player, and like honestly, like be the face of the NBA. LeBron already is the face of the NBA, but now it's in that fight of like him, mm-hmm. uh, Steph. Pretty much those two guys are up at the top. Obviously, KD there too. But like he can go to the mecca, play, and if he can bring them close to or another a championship, like. I don't even like that would here's, be insane. For and New here's York. the thing that just popped into my head. Yeah. Every single team, so every single one that I said he could go to, except the Cavs, I'll keep them out of it. Go to Philly, New York. Which one seems like a better option? I'm taking Philly. If Are I'm you LeBron, talking roster? I'm talking LeBron adding me to yeah, that of team. Yeah. Go to no Philly. No one's arguing that. I know. Then you. We're look talking at, about the potential. I know. Of New York. Then you look at Houston. I'm going to go to Houston because I can be added with James Harden, CP3, and all that. I would even say that LeBron would look at the Lakers and the Knicks and go, you know what? 
there's more money in LA. If I want to play with PG-13, I can just bring both of us to LA. Plus, we got the young kids out there doing well, doing okay their first year. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma really showed up this year. We didn't expect that. But, I mean, that could be a better option of getting maybe all three of the guys we're talking about to LA before the Knicks. And that's fine. And, and again, it's just throwing it out there that how much will coaching play into this? Mm-hmm. And also, again, like if you're taking in you know the market size, I think LeBron, again, New York is clearly a bigger market than LA. LA's not you know small in comparison, though. Yeah. And also, LeBron has probably, I think, more connections out in LA than he yeah. does in New York. He's got a home in LA. But yeah, exactly. And, and But the thing is, again, going back, how much will coaching play into it? Mm-hmm. Um, if we're saying that, I mean, again, we're not saying that this means that LeBron's going to New York. Again, but it might it's just, move the needle possible. a little bit. I think it they moves went the, from zero to maybe five percent. See, to, I don't think I think it, it moves the needle. All. I, like I, again, it's mo- it's moving the needle because it has it has a plus over something. It has the biggest market. It has a ton of fans, a loyal fan base, and it also has a coach that you know, trust, and have worked with before. He's never worked with Luke Walton before. He's never worked with Mike D'Antoni before. He's never worked with Brett Brown before. He has that relationship already built with David Fisdale. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why I think it moves the needle a little bit. You have to compare these teams. You have to compare what they're going to bring to you. And New York's offering exactly what you need for growing your brand and growing your business and growing your life after basketball, which is something that he's very fond of. Mm-hmm. And then also it gives you that at least comfortability of being with a coach that you've worked with before. Again, I'm not saying it moves the needle where they're the front runners. Yeah, I think it, I just, think it puts them in the like conversation. Said, it depends on what LeBron's priorities really are at this point in his career. If, if he's trying to do things and set himself up for after basketball, I could see why he could look at New York seriously. If he's trying to win a championship right now, New York's probably not his best chance to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, it, we can't read his mind, but I think David Fisdale coming to New York is still huge for the team, even regardless of LeBron. I think, though, that a player like LeBron, no matter what, his goal is to win a championship because that's everyone's goal well, each and every year. And, but I think that there's also some potential in New York just mm-hmm. looking at the roster. Again, they have some bad contracts. Joe Kim Noah obviously mm-hmm. stands out there. But you still have some good role players. Again, Tim Hardaway, even though he has a massive contract, Still a good role player. Courtney Lee, a good role player. And you have two young players. Again, Chris Stapps is obviously dealing with the injury, but we know what he can do when he's healthy. And Frank Nikitalina, I know some people are like, oh, he didn't show anything his first rookie year. New country, new city, new culture, new coach, new everything to this kid. Mm-hmm. Give him time to grow. Yeah. So, again, we don't know what those two guys are. Still a lot of potential in those. And you also have that ninth pick, whether you keep it or not. You're still going to be drafting a guy. If you keep it, you're going to be drafting a kid that's going to be able to grow. But let's just move to Fizdale now. In New York, because we got to talk about that a little bit, because, again, mm-hmm. we're saying that LeBron is at most a 5% chance of, of coming to New York. So what does Fisdale bring to New York that you either like or you dislike, Ricky? The thing that I relate this to is it's kind of the same thing that I said about Baker Mayfield going to Cleveland, where when I said, oh, Baker Mayfield gets drafted by Cleveland, great pick for them. He's going to fit in with that kind of culture in there. David Fisdale is a coach that's going to fit in with the culture in New York. Like, Mm. think about back with the Grizzlies, the whole take that for data stuff, everything that Fizdale, like his attitude about things, it fits in with New York. It fits in with what New Yorkers are because it's kind of like that, hey, you're going to punch us in the mouth? We're going to punch you in the mouth right back kind of a city, and he's going to fit in. That's why this hire, I love it because the fans are going to expect that kind of coaching on their players because that's the type of city that they are. I, I think that you're 
pretty much spot on, except that um, like half-hearted attempt to do a New Yorker accent, which I'm glad no, you bailed I, on. I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to. Yeah, but I I think you're right though. Like he has a toughness, he has an edge, and that's what he needs to bring to this team because their team, who pretty much in the last couple of years have been in like. I don't, they were just in a really rough place because you're stuck with Carmel Anthony, and then it was the Phil Jackson drama. And, you know, we're a triangle team. Phil's doing Phil things, passing out practice. Like, they've had so much drama around the team that I think Fisdale's kind of a no-nonsense guy who's going to be like, this is about basketball. This is what's important here. None of this other shit really matters. So I'm really hopeful for what he can do and bring in that defense because you have KP, who is long as hell. You have uh, Frank, who... Defensively is amazing already. Was probably the second best, at least prospect defensively, coming out of the you know the, that draft class last exactly. year. Isaac being one with his versatility. Exactly, and then working maybe building up a Moutier. Like there, there's there are guys in this team who you can see growing forward, mm-hmm. and I think he is a good guy who can be a mentor to a lot of these players, and kind of make the direction of the team go in the right direction. Actually, go towards the you know, playoff chance because honestly, when with this whole. I'm so sick of the triangle, and like I just think that New Yorkers gonna love the fact they don't have to run the triangle, <laughs> never have to hear about the triangle ever again, mm-hmm. and like we are done with that shit. Well, it's a new regime, and I think I think looking at this hire, I think it's honestly a perfect fit for New York because when we think of New York, we think of New York as pretty much the city in the United States, as as kind of the cut. Even though we're from yeah. Chicago, you know, no, I, no, I, I think I, LA I will it. probably throw throw some out there. New York has always been the city. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what people think of when they're thinking of a city in the United States. They think of New York. Yeah. It sets the culture for the United States. It sets the culture for sports. Mm-hmm. And New York has been so backwards, at least when it comes to basketball. And really, I mean, outside of the Yankees, just in general, they've been so backwards outside of you know two years I was for say, the Giants. I wouldn't talk too much smack about that Get right now, Sean. I'm just saying, <laughs> outside of some luck for the Giants and uh, outside of the Yankees, because obviously the best franchise in, the pedigree, in, yeah. in baseball ever, um, obviously there's been some bad luck. And I think this is probably the higher that will at least push the culture in the right direction. Because, mm-hmm. A, you mentioned it, Ricky. He's got the mindset that you need for New York, but also he's on the cutting edge when it comes to analytics and um, implementing that into coaching. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that you need. New York is very uh, much a city that is made up of those blue-collar workers, mm-hmm. like the city workers, firemen, policemen, uh, you know, all those people that really make up like the heart of New York that we think of, yeah. like the, the meatballs, no offense, um, <laughs> the meatballs of New York. Well, those are all New Jersey. The meatballs. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but, you know, you, you still think of those those people, like the hard-nosed people uh, yeah. in New York. But then also they have that business side. They have that cutting edge. They have that massive market. And that's where the analytics side. I think he's a perfect blend of it. And it's just really how is he going to implement that into the locker room? And I think looking at the players in that locker room, they are still very moldable. I think KP wants a guy mm-hmm. like this, like David Fisdale. Frank Nikitalina is going to want a guy who's going to work with him, and David Fisdale knows exactly how to use uh, his his uh, Frank Frank's uh, skill set. You know, mm-hmm. at most, maybe he's a Rajon Rondo, maybe even like Mike Connolly, just a little worse of a scorer. I think that's the top end of a Frank Nikitalina, and that's where Fisdale is going to be able to work with him. I think this is a perfect hire for New York, and I really don't know where it could go wrong for Fisdale. I don't even know where it went wrong in Memphis, and you know my feelings in Memphis, how they're a piss-poor run franchise. And that's it. It went wrong in Memphis because their front office is garbage. And I look at Steve Mills, the president now. I look at Scott Perry, the general manager, who he was the one that everyone's talking about. When he got the job, he went over to Latvia and talked to KP and was like, hey, I'm the guy now, and everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to run the triangle anymore. And KP went, Phew, thank God I don't have to worry about that triangle. But for me, I kind of 
I'm not going to relate it like, oh, this is a cookie cutter comparison, but it makes me feel like when I talk about his style and his attitude and how he fits in with that New York culture, it kind of reminds me of early 90s basketball that I was growing up with. Like, I looked at Pat Riley, as a Bulls fan, looked at Pat Mm -hmm. Riley on the Knicks and was like, he's a New York guy. Like, that is a New York coach. That is a New York team. And, like, that's what I feel like this. Although Fisdale, like, yeah, he was born in L.A. He wasn't born in New York. But that kind of attitude, it's like, much like when Pat Riley was there, it's like, yeah. He's he like fits, the, he, he feels like the next job. generation of coaching, to be yeah. honest with you. Like he seems like the guy kind of leading the charge. Well, and I think one thing too is that even though New York gets such you know like crapped on for how many bad coaches mm-hmm. they've had, like th- like recently, they, they have given them chances either. They, they <laughs> have really hit the mark on some of these guys. Rick Pitino, I know he wasn't the right fit, mm-hmm. but we've seen the they saw the potential in Rick Pitino. I mean, Nick, Rick Pitino is an all time great college head coach, no matter what yeah. the way his career has ended. Yeah. Pat Riley, like you mentioned it, one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. Don Nelson, one of the greatest coaches in mm-hmm. NBA history. Jeff Van Gundy is still around the NBA for a reason. This guy knows basketball. He might not have had a great career mm-hmm. in New York, but he's around the NBA still because of his knowledge. He's still thrown out in head coaching vacancies yeah. for a reason. Jeff Van Gundy knows basketball. Let's throw out Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni wasn't a great fit with those players, but Mike D'Antoni still a great coach. And let's even throw out my boy Jeff Hornacek. I know that he really wasn't great, but he was forced with the triangle, and I don't think he got the right cut in Phoenix. I think they still understood that Hornacek could at least do something. And even early in the season, New York wasn't looking like a bad team. No. It no. was until that KP injury where they started going down the line as well. And then I'll even throw Larry Brown out there. Former NBA champion Larry Brown knows basketball. I was going to get a little upset if you didn't bring up Larry Brown. <laughs> they, they know. I ba- know he didn't go yeah. to the playoffs no, in New York. I, I'm, I'm like half looking out of my side and half <laughs> trying to talk to the mic. But again, like I know they've had the Isaiah Thomases. Mm-hmm. They've had poor decisions before, like uh, Derek Fisher. Like they've made poor choices. But again, I don't think that should reflect the culture. And they found head coaches that know basketball. And Fizdale proved to me, at least in that Memphis first run that he knows basketball. I just think he needed a learning well, curve, and now he's learning how to be a head coach, and now he's getting a second chance. I think this is a perfect place for him. I'm going to relate it to this, and Brandon and I kind of talked about this um, on the Primetime Podcast when we looked at Jim Harbaugh talked, this week. Oh, I was about to say, you and, talked about David Fisdale? No, we didn't <laughs> talk about David Fisdale, but I mean, you look at the coaches ever since, let's say, Mike Woodson in 2012. Yep. You've got Woodson's there for two years, Fish is there for two years, Rambus isn't even there a full year. Right. And then you've got Well, Hornacek. Rambus was an interim. Yeah, in the interim. And then you got Ra- uh, Hornacek for two years. Like, you're not going to build up a team when you have a coach, ev- a new coach every two years. And what, what's the common theme there? It's James Dolan. I'm just going to be that guy and say, mm-hmm. like, you have a problem up top. Well, and, you can't address well, it, really. And that's why so you're stuck. So do you think that, I guess, what do you think that David Fisdale will do that will buck the trend from these guys? Because you're saying... They've these guys aren't necessarily bad at their job, but they're not able to do what they need to do to have a winning team consistently in New York. Is it the players? Is it the draft? Is it the free agency choices? Like because they don't have full, they're not in charge of all of that. As, I think as it's coaches been so. mostly upper management, and I think obviously Phil Jackson was a, a, a cut and a, a corner piece of that. And you know, mm-hmm. recently Phil Jackson was a problem, and then I think before that. I know James Dolan isn't a great owner, and I think one large part about Dolan early on was that he was very hands-on. He wanted to control what was going on with the Knicks, and I think the way that he's aged and seen the mistakes that his franchise has been going on, I think that with the hires he's made recently, like Ricky brought up, uh, the new uh, president, the new vice president, all that stuff of the New York Knicks, 
he's hiring the right people. And I think he's understanding where his point is as an owner. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that he's going to be a great owner going down the line or that he deserves a break for what he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that James Dolan, I, I think that this is probably has the past couple of years have been a, a, a learning lesson, at least a lesson for yeah. him to learn from. And I think this might be the push that James Dolan needs to at least understand that New York has New York needs a change, and I think they that do. he's understanding that. Well, and for me, like the re the reason why I I'm not so worried about Dolan, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I should be or not. And the reason why he I say that is be. the guys that I mentioned that they brought in, like Steve Mills, they hired what in twenty. It was July of 2017. They brought him in. Yep. But Scott Perry, the GM now, he's a guy that was in the front office when the Pistons were making their run. In the early late two thousands, he was a guy that was with the Supersonics the year that they drafted. Like he was a part of that draft that drafted Kevin Durant. To be fair, like I mean Greg Oden. Yeah. I'm just gonna say. It. I mean they had they had a choice. There wasn't a choice outside. There wasn't of a choice, but it I was mean, like, do you want the second best player in this draft <laughs> class, or do he you was, want the rest of the draft? But class? what I'm saying is that's another thing to yeah. put on the resume. And then yeah. the last one he was in Orlando, which I mean I can't blame him for. Wanting a job, or Orlando wasn't really going to go anywhere, but it wasn't his fault that they weren't going anywhere. And then he was <laughs> lastly no with the Sacramento Kings, which that's another one where it's like know. Vlade Divac running the ship over there. I don't know how much of it was. The last Scott three Barrett. on the resume haven't been great, and but no, again, fair, he, he deserves he deserves at least a shot mm-hmm. because again, it's I, I don't. I think he deserves a shot, but and I also I brag it all depends on, all on too. Is, <laughs> but, is Dolan going to be able to just back away and let that's, these that's guys? What, work? That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. he he's at least seen. That he needs mm-hmm. to step back. If he's able to step back, I think David Fisdale has a, has a right cut. Uh, we're, we need to wrap this up in, in a little bit. So uh, just final thoughts here on the Knicks. Was David Fisdale the right choice for New York, Dave? Yeah, I think he absolutely was the right choice. I think he's the best fit, um, not only with the culture like Ricky mentioned, but I think that what he can do as a head coach for this team, as far as their player development is concerned, I'm very excited to see because on this team you don't have those salty veterans uh, like a Gasol, like Conley, who are ready for, you know, we're playoff worthy every single year. We need to be here, and if we're not, I'm pissed off. I'm letting you know it. And obviously, like you said, they had horrible issues with the Grizzlies uh, front office anyway. So like that whole direction was out of just garbage. So like here, he has a young team. He's got a ton of potential. He's got a couple guys who are on contracts that are eh, and then he's got Joe Kim. No, he's got to get rid of. But mm-hmm. like outside of that, you have a number nine pick. You have Porzingis. You have a couple guards who you should be happy with. Frank Amudier like, and Trey Burke are still under contract. Yeah, sure. and, and Tim Hardaway, like even mm-hmm. on the contract he's on, yes, he had a disappointing year from you know that point of view. But at the same time, he's still a pretty good scorer. Like he's someone who you can just kind of let roll with the ball. I I think that I think he's in the right situation to succeed. I do. I honestly do. Now. I'm going to say one thing, and then I'm going to ask a question really quick after. Hey, you better make it quick. Right hire makes the playoffs year two. Could we see him make the playoffs year one with this team? No. Maybe an eight seed. No. I, I highly doubt that. It's I know the that, East, but no. I know the East is weak, like Dave said. Because we don't but know what the Heat are going to do. We, we don't also know don't the know what Hornets are going to do. He's going to come exactly. back. Exactly. That's, that's why I'm saying thing. year two he'll make the playoffs with this Knicks team. I don't know about that. It's a little bit of a stretch. Pretty bold there. 
Um, and I know the East is weak, but also we've, we're seeing some, some the potential two. in the East. So I don't know about that. I think I think it's we'll, we'll have to see how year one goes. Bookmark we'll it for, how, fla- for Flashback. I was going to say, yeah. Flashback Fridays. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's going to have to see how, how KP comes back, and that's going to be the biggest cornerstone. And also who they get in the draft. If they get a guy like Trey Young, hey, maybe that superstar will change it. But if they mm-hmm. get like a guy in Miles Bridges, we don't know how that guy's going to come over right away. I know people hate Trey Young or love Trey Young, but also that kid's got superstar yeah. written all, all, all over him mm-hmm. if he's able to be in the right situation. Uh, but that's neither here or, here nor there. Let us know what you think of the David Fisdale hiring down in the comments below or tweet at us at Most Valuable Pod. But anyways, let's jump into our favorite topic here on the Fast Break Podcast. We're going to be talking about the dampest of dudes, the soggiest of shooters, the moistest of men. These are our wet boys, guys that had stupid stat lines. We want to talk about them here in this topic. Give them the love that they deserve. And Ricky Widmer, give us your wet boy of the week. Well, I'm going to start off with first time wet boy of the year. I don't even think he got a regular season one. And it is Sir Draymond of Saginaw. Draymond didn't get one? No, he didn't get one the whole year. Hmm. You didn't you didn't list them off at the end of the year. Or just KD and Steph. I guess yeah, so. just KD and Steph mm-hmm. were the only two. I think Clay might have gotten one. I don't know if Clay got one. Who did? Though. Clay. Clay, Clay might have. Clay got yeah. one, but I know Draymond for sure didn't. Quinn Cook was in the running. <laughs> he was actually. But yeah. triple double this week, sixty percent from the field for Draymond, and already I know this doesn't count for Wet Boys tonight. But, hey, he's continuing. He's got a double-double right now, although Warriors are losing as we're recording this. Well, and that's one thing I want to throw out there. I jinxed uh, our boy Victor mm-hmm. Oladipo last week. I said he'll be a wet boy if they win the series because he had a triple-double on didn't. the 27th. And they, uh, they clearly didn't because they're not clearly. in the playoffs. Um, so you might have just drank, jinxed uh, Draymond Green there. No, Dave, I don't think so. Uh, you have something special here. You also have a first-time wet yeah, boy, but yeah, first-team wet boy as well. <laughs> oh, um, that's that, that means we've just been hating on this team pretty much all year. Well, we got a comment about that, so oh, now they can stop that's hating. That's right. This team has never had a wet boy never before. Never had a wet boy. So I Dave, can't imagine that how comment. we missed that. So, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, you get two injuries. I mean, come Such on. Such a likable team, too. Give them the honor. Best fan base in the world. Uh, I'm that's going for s- you, Riley. <laughs> I'm going with Scary Terry. I mean, this he has been so good. He's been so good since he came in. Um, honestly... Playoffs, he's putting up 25, 8, and 7, shooting incredible. 55% from the field, 62 from three. He is He's kind of taken over uh, King of the Fourth Quarter mantle. I'll be entirely honest. like He is untouchable in the fourth right now. I've It's disgusting. Well, do, you have, disgusting. do you have a stat? Go ahead and read off. 193 touches in the fourth quarter or OT this postseason for Terry Rozier. In that span, he has zero turnovers and an effective field goal percentage of 90%. He's third in the playoffs behind uh, for touches. Uh, behind Ben Simmons and LeBron. So in the fourth quarter of postseason, he is up there with Ben Simmons and the greatest player um, in the league right now, LeBron James. So unreal from Terry Rozier. I just yeah. don't I just don't get it with this team. It's like you lose Kyrie, Next you lose up. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, getting through the box, I kind of expected that. Thought it'd be before seven games. Gave me a little bit of a scare. But then you're up 2-0 Coaching, on the 76ers. Baby. Coaching. Brad Stevens is awesome. Can we say the common thread mm-hmm. over the past two years of a guy who hasn't gotten injured and has kept the glue on this team, who it's been? Al Horford. Al Horford. Al Horford. And also Brad Stevens. <laughs> so those are the two guys I say, that are carrying this team. Because Al Horford also yeah, he has a good coach, know, shooting though. percentage of like 69%. If, if yeah. Brad Stevens really wants to show he's a good coach, he should not even coach and just do the Steve Kerr thing. I mean, he's he's freaking incredible. Steve Kerr can get injured, and that team I still mean, wins the championship. Even Jalen Brown got out there on a bad hammy and just slam mm-hmm. me down. I mean, it was just... He had like three three dunks that game, mm-hmm. and after each one, he was grimacing like a mother. He's like, shouldn't have done that, but he still played super intense. Like it was just, ooh, 
Brett, the series is amazing, though. Brad Stevens is going to be interesting to see where he falls um, on our top <laughs> coaching rankings at the end of the season because I think he's he's going to be pushing up for, for top. He's yeah. definitely top three, but he might be even pushing for that top rank. We'll see what yeah. happens um, in those. So stay tuned during the offseason. Subscribe for that. But this is why he came to the video, all right? <laughs> Ricky, I want you to name this video. Mm-hmm. Wet Boys, LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. Now, I know you're going to have a rebuttal, so let me at least go through my spiel before we do this, and you can have you know your, 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 your fight back after with, with Michael Jordan. But I'm going to go on, on this. LeBron James, in the past week, 34 points per game, 10 assists, 8 total rebounds, averaging um, 34 points per game, 10, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. 55% from the field and 35% from the three. Seven fadeaway jumpers in that last game against Toronto. 43 points, 14 assists, eight or 14 rebounds, eight assists. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever. To ever pick up a basketball, basketball, LeBron James should be seen as the greatest basketball player. Now, I'm not saying that he should be seen as the greatest NBA player the greatest player to ever pick up a basketball. Now, Michael Jordan is more accomplished. Yes, six finals, never lost in the finals. Never lost. More points, better stat line across averages-wise. But LeBron James is the most dynamic, most unstoppable force, and most impressive thing I've ever seen on a basketball on a basketball court. So and was MJ. No, because it's, it's he's not. Looking at what LeBron can do. Defense is where able to play defense against MJ and look at what he did. LeBron James is also more versatile defensively. No hand check against LeBron. LeBron, but LeBron guys but one through do you five. Think that, could you imagine what MJ could do with a hand check? Go on, Sean. Go on. I'm sorry. I said I was going to shut up. Could you imagine what LeBron would be doing back in the 90s? He's 6'8", as 240 as... pounds. Nobody can stop him. The only comparable he has is Magic Johnson, but LeBron's a better scorer, a better passer, and more durable than Magic Johnson ever was. LeBron James is something that we've never seen ever. Oh, you're I'm not agreeing. Him like he's right. I'm not in the, agreeing. I'm just saying the Magic Johnson the comparison N- is correct. In the NBA playoffs, in the NBA playoffs since 1963 64, mm-hmm. there have been 149 types of this game 30 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. Okay? LeBron James has 18% of those games. 149 times a player has recorded 30 points in a game, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. LeBron James makes up close to one-fifth of those games in the entirety of the NBA playoffs. Michael Jordan has 11. LeBron James has 27 times scoring 30 points, pulling in 8 boards, and 8 assists. LeBron James, again, he might not have the most accomplished career. He might not have those six finals, the MVPs, the Defensive Player of the Years. But LeBron James is the scariest player to ever pick up a basketball. And it's not close. And I'm sorry that I know you have that Chicago bias, and I know we have a ton of Chicago subscribers that have it too, but it's not close. LeBron James has a deadlier mixtape, a scarier highlight reel, and he also is just more dynamic. Michael had better teammates, better coaches. LeBron has been doing this by himself, and he's proven it. I'm just going to chalk it up to you. weren't alive back then. You didn't see Michael Jordan. You play. barely were, too. Oh, I get You were born I, with I the first championship. I idolized Michael Jordan growing up. You were nine years old. You didn't know what basketball the was. Way, the way you watch LeBron I'd James is back. the way I watched Michael Jordan. And, I mean, we're going to have this debate until we're blue in the what face. What did I say that was wrong, though? No, I, Nothing. And I'm Nothing. not taking away anything from LeBron, but for me, it's 
Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. But why? What makes him so different? Because LeBron's taller, faster, better, stronger than Michael Jordan ever was. But it's not about being better, faster, stronger. Michael Jordan. What is it about then? Michael Jordan dissected every single team he played against. And LeBron hasn't? LeBron has owned the city of Toronto. LeBron to. Oh, wait. Kyrie helped him in that final. Did Michael Jordan. Did Michael Jordan win anything on his own? I mean, I'm not saying saying Michael Jordan didn't have. Michael Great Jordan teammates. didn't have a top 50 player of all time next to him for six championships in Scottie Pippen. He didn't have a Hall of Famer in Dennis Rodman. He didn't have a five-time champion in Scott Kerr, or Steve Kerr, Scott, Scott Kerr. Kerr. Steve Kerr next. I was thinking Scottie Pippen. Yeah. Steve Kerr next to him. But I mean, he's a, had players around him. He also had a 10-time NBA champion as a head coach. LeBron has Ty Lue. But also, that Ty was And so, Byron Scott. <laughs> also, look at this. LeBron James, when he finally got a player... I'm not going to say that D-Wade is close to being what Scottie Pippen was to Michael Jordan. Both but top 50 players he of all time. He goes to Miami. That first finals, they lose. It would be like if Scottie Pippen came to the Bulls and that's like, all right, we're playing the Supersonics. Oh, we lost to Gary Payton. We lost but to why Gary does Payton lo- and Sean Kemp. But why does losing mean that he's a worse basketball player? Well, I'm not saying. What, he, like, like LeBron, has, well, LeBron is literally the most durable player and this we've is, ever seen. And this is the problem and this is the question that I ask. Why can't we just like both and be, just be happy that this is LeBron sports. is be, doing? Like, yes, I would put Michael Jordan above mm-hmm. LeBron James, but it's an it's a stupid argument to have because I grew up watching Michael Jordan for most of my life. You grew up, you weren't even alive when Michael Jordan was kind of doing. No, his I thing. wasn't. I was alive for Wizards Jordan, which is not yeah, a thing. That's not. We don't recognize well, we never that. Well, real quick. Well, that's that's short sighted. You got to take happened. in a player's whole career, and let's look at the player's whole. But career. I mean, LeBron. This is LeBron's fifteenth season. Yeah, fifteenth season, and he led the league in minutes, played eighty-two games, and had one of the best seasons he's ever had. Michael Jordan's 15th season was the last year in Washington. He played 37 minutes a game, but he didn't start every single game. He played 82 games, but he only started 67. And what, what did he score? Over 20 a game still. Okay. At 40. Okay. 15th season still. And Jordan took two breaks. Two breaks. Jordan, Jordan also- got bored. Jordan got bored and okay, went to baseball. So came back. So went why, to the playoffs? Why would I went through a season? Why would I care? Why would I want that though? I mean, like he also LeBron drank. has got. And smoked daily. They, okay. took, they take care of their bodies way better the, now. Technology, science, health, all those <laughs> things Analytics. So far, Jordan was just a guy playing a game, and he killed it. It's like it's like and the LeBron, Will argument. And this is like, a LeBron's, yeah, this is LeBron's numbers are life. incredible. It's <laughs> insane. He's the greatest man to ever played basketball. If LeBron didn't like, have this. He's playing against guys who are tall as you. If LeBron, <laughs> LeBron did, they still are. Jose Calderon, I think, is what I said. Um, Got but, a little IT out there. Again, if... I just want to watch. Yeah, his, I teach too. Yeah, these aren't Jordan highlights. <laughs> oh, they're not. I just see goals. Okay. Um, if LeBron didn't have a game of basketball, we don't know where this kid would have been. I mean, he grew. He he pulled himself up mm-hmm. from just a terrible upbringing. Has been in the spotlight for the past fifteen years. It's a great story. And has literally been spotless for the past fifteen years. Has only improved. And at the age of thirty-three, there's no stopping this man for the next six years when he hits that age of thirty-nine, where Michael ended up finishing retiring. But Mike uh, LeBron's never needed a break. LeBron's never stopped. This guy's consistently been dominating the sport of basketball. And has been dominating since two thousand seven. 
And, yeah. and he's never had the help that Michael had. I'm watching Penny Hardaway highlights. I'm oh, done having right. this argument. I mean, Anyways. This is like a 15-minute white boy. Yeah, because I just, I, I just, yeah, I just it think is. it's a point exactly. Because, I mean, Michael Jordan's the greatest You're, player. Neither one of you is going to convince the yeah, other. exactly. That's why I'm watching Penny Hardaway but that's why I'm, but that's Man, why I'm that saying. That was my story. <laughs> that's why I'm saying Michael might be the best NBA player mm-hmm. of all time when it comes to accomplishments, when it comes to whole resumes. But LeBron didn't go to college. What does that have to do with anything? So how can he's only played in the NBA? So how can you be a how can you be the best okay. basketball player? Well, I'm saying but not the best I'm NBA saying, player. I'm saying like we're talking strictly basketball players. I'm saying mm-hmm. basketball. In, yeah. in, like the NBA, I'm saying are the you, NBA is different because you have to take you, the NBA. You have to take the resume, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm saying like like it's it's more like the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady argument. Tom Brady, in my mind, is the greatest quarterback of all time because he's a proven winner. He has the postseason stats, the regular season stats. But some people say that Aaron Rodgers is the most Aaron talented. Aaron Rodgers can do things that Tom Brady never could even dream of doing. Exactly. Aaron Rodgers might be the most talented player of all time. I yes. think that's where we're getting to this argument. I would... That all time, Michael is the greatest player because of his accomplishments. But it's you know, clear that talent-wise, LeBron's more talented. You know what else Michael would never do? Hmm. A team steals the ball away, and he just stands there while his team goes back. No, he'll defense. just leave basketball because he's sick of it. Anyways, tell us who and you on think. His also dad died when he left. So oh. there was that. And there was a LeBron gambling didn't... thing that happened. Oh, LeBron didn't grow up with a dad. Ooh. Tell us who the Ooh. greatest player of <laughs> NBA history Can't is, or greatest player in basketball history is, uh, down in the comments below. I just We're going to have this debate until LeBron's around oh because he's God. never going to have a dip. Anyways. Let us know what you think of LeBron versus MJ in the comments down below. Let's move into the third topic, and we are talking Phoenix Suns. Just hired Igor Koskovo, former assistant head coach with the Utah Jazz, former Serbian men's basketball head coach as well yeah. um, in Eurobasket 2017. So Igor Koskovo, the new hire for the Phoenix Suns, Ryan McDonough, the GM of the Phoenix Suns, and Igor teaming up. And we're going to be asking the question, what does the hire of Igor Koskovo mean for the Phoenix Suns? If I'm getting the last name wrong of Igor, I'm pretty sure I'm getting it right. But if I'm getting it wrong, let me know down in the comments below. But what do you guys think this means for the draft? Because the biggest thing and the biggest link is that Igor Koskovo was the head coach of Luka Doncic in the Eurobasket 2017 for Serbia. Goran Dragic was also on that team. Luka Doncic was on that team. So, Dave, what do you think it means for the Suns draft? Does it change what the Suns will do? Because we've been dra- mocking DeAndre Ayton to the Suns for the past couple of weeks, uh, past couple of mocks now. I still think that Ayton is something totally unique that I don't know if he could pass up. But if there's anyone who knows the ins and outs of Luka's game, it's this man. Like He has the most insight in the NBA right now. He's on him. So it's entirely his decision. I think that it is sort of an awesome situation for the Suns because they're probably going to get screwed in the draft and not get the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So if they get stuck at two, they can decide if they want to go Luka or not. I think it doesn't guarantee Luka. But what I think it does is say that like there's a very, very good chance that they will go Luka. But I also think that that could also change to what they do later in the draft because they've got multiple picks in the teens that they could try to trade back up into uh, – one, one, pick. one pick of the that, teens, and then... Because that real, pick went yeah. back to real, Milwaukee. Real quick, I do want to say, I said I think I said Serbia, I meant Slovenia. Mm-hmm. It used to be Slovenia, uh, Serbia back uh, under the Soviets, uh, but Slovenia... Brutal winters, I hear. The Slovenia uh, na- ma- national men's team was uh, Igor Koskova, the head coach. Yeah. So I... I Oh, I was just going to say, I'm pretty much on the bandwagon. Like, buy your Luka Doncic jerseys for oh, you think it's Phoenix a lock? Suns. It's a lock. Like, because Damn. for me, the way I'm thinking about it is... My whole thing was, oh, the Suns need a center. They need someone to move on. Yeah. Well, if I'm the Suns now, like if Igor wants Luka, 
fucking take who your coach wants. And then at 16, if you want a big man, take Mitchell Robinson. Like, mm-hmm. And there's your first round. Well, and we also saw Dave's last mock. I think it was his last mock mm-hmm. where you had him taking big. three centers. Yes. Right? You had him taking Jante, mm-hmm. you had him taking, I think, Robinson, or you had him taking uh, Robert Williams, Williams and then you also had him taking DeAndre Ayton at one. Well, I so, mean, to be fair, like, two of those guys are probably going to play the four, so. Mm-hmm. But I, you had him taking bigs. I had him taking bigs, because I think that's what they do, because they're really bad at picking out the right one. So it, they, they drafted Mass. Um, I don't think it'll be the same way in my next mock. Clearly, mm-hmm. I think that's going to change. But. Well, now it's really... The one thing that I, I bring up is, is this, is this was, was this a hire because of his resume? Because obviously he's been in the NBA, he's been coaching in the NBA uh, back since 2000. He was a, a, an assistant with the Los Angeles Clippers. Then he went and was the uh, men's national head coach of Georgia. Then he came back 2008-2013 uh, to the Suns. So he's a, an assistant head coach. Then, right. then he went to the Cavs, then the Magic, then the Jazz since 2015. So he's been bouncing around the NBA, Igor has. Um, but again... What if they don't get Luka Doncic? Because right now they have the best odds to get the number one overall pick, but let's say Memphis jumps him and they take Luka. Is this a hire because of his, at least, resume and what he's done throughout the NBA, or is this uh, a hire because they know they're going to draft Luka if he's available, and this is the guy, again, that has the most tape on him? I'm going to say yes and no. Um, Mm. It's partly a little bit is, I'll put it into three categories. The first one is that, he was with the Suns way mm-hmm. back. So it's like, okay, you have that kind of, you've been here before, you know um, our organization. Plus, look at what the Jazz have done, especially the last two years. Like, with, I know Quinn Snyder is a huge part of it, but Igor on that staff, what they are able to do, make the playoffs last year, get to the second round, I believe. Then it was this year, no. you lose Gordon Hayward. Everyone's like, oh, Jazz, I believe I was one of them. Jazz not going to make the playoffs this Young, year. You disrespected jumping Joe Ingles. And jumping Joe moron. brings them to the playoffs, and now they're in the second round. Right now, 1-1 against the best the best record the in best the seed. NBA. Yep. Best seed in the NBA. So, I mean, there's a little bit of that. So that's two of them. The third one is, and I don't know if this is true because I'm not in the front office, mm-hmm. what if it was all along the Suns were going to go Luka Doncic? He is the number one on their board. Maybe that could have been a part of it is, hey, you know what? We know we're going with this kid. This guy's got the resume behind him the last two years, especially in Utah, and he knows the guy that we're going to draft. To be fair, Fisdale was supposedly offered and turned down okay. Suns. Um, that doesn't mean that they weren't looking mm-hmm. at Luka as the guy, but that's just something to toss out there in front yeah. of it. It's not like it was a haul, like their tunnel vision on Luka, mm-hmm. they'll do whatever it takes. The other thing is um, his time on the Jazz, actually uh, Ricky Rubio publicly spoke about how much he enjoyed working with Igor, helped mm-hmm. him uh, work on a shot. And I don't know what he did, if anything, for Don Mitchell, but like being around young talent like Donovan Mitchell, I think there's something he can learn and take over to working with Devin Booker on that immediately. Well, and even then, I mean, Quinn Snyder is one of the best young coaches in, in, in the NBA right now. So, yeah. I mean, again, he has that experience of being under Quinn Snyder. He also has the experience, again, back with the Orlando Magic, Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, the Phoenix Suns in 2008-2013. Uh, so he's worked even with guys like Mike D'Antoni before as well. So, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he has a, a very cultured uh, experience in the NBA and just throughout mm-hmm. um, his national experience coaching NBA players as well. We mentioned Goran Dragic uh, with the Slovenia team. For YouTube, this just popped into my head because I brought it up. YouTube watchers, go back to the last segment, Blog Talk Radio and audio listeners. This is going to be right through. We were talking, I pulled up the positional rankings. Yep. Quinn Snyder, you and I had him eighth. Dave had him nine. Brad Stevens, Dave and I had him three behind Kerr and Pop. You had Spolster at three and then Brad Stevens at four. 
So we kind of mentioned that Going the last the time air, with the uh, Boston. Yeah. Oh, wait, so what would I have? You had Brad Stevens at four behind Spolstra. Okay, so we had him at three. But, I mean, Spolstra's still a top But five. you and I uh-huh. had Quinn Snyder, jazz coach, at eight, where Dave had him at nine. And where did I have Quinn Snyder the year before? I had Quinn Snyder the highest back then, The too. year before, yeah. 2016, I, I had, had him ten. nine. Mm-hmm. You Whereas guys didn't have top ten. I yelled Dave at Dave had him 11, and I had him 17 that year. And I yelled at you. Yeah, and then he was I a top ten the year after. I know. I'm just saying I screamed at you because I was right. Um, again, you know me. I'm very vengeful, mm-hmm. and I will say when I'm right. Uh, but again, again, going back to Igor, yeah. I think this definitely at least is a sign that if Luke is available, number one, or if Luke is available at number two. Period. I think period almost. If, if Luke is available. If he's available, number one, when he's available, number I one. Say, yeah. Again. <laughs> If he's available when the Phoenix Suns are yes, taking there we go. that way, <laughs> we found it. The Suns are we drafting Luka Doncic, and and that's the, that's the thing that's crazy to me mm-hmm. is that again we say that they have a need for the center, but I think this just shows that their idea is Luka is clearly the best player in the draft, and they will fit the roster for him. And I think it's and I know people are worried that oh it's not a playmaker, you're not putting a, a center that's going to take the scoring away from Devin Booker, but Luka is going to be able to open up lanes for Devin Booker. I think that's mm-hmm. one yeah. thing that we got to talk about. So let's talk about how Luka fits on the Phoenix Suns team with Igor, and then we'll go away if they're not able to talk about Luka, if we're not able to get Luka, what a DeAndre Ayton or other players will be. So if they select Luka Doncic, whether number one, number two, he's on the team, how do you think he fits, Dave, with Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, uh, TJ Warren, all the players that they currently have in roster? I think he fits in really well because uh, Igor is a very pass-heavy motion offense, uh, lots of pick-and-roll, very very much in the, the motion of where the NBA is aiming to go and building around these teams who are having great success with that kind of a uh, styled offense. So... I think Luka coming in, already knowing him, walking in, knowing the playbook to a team, huge step up, huge step up walking in the NBA over any of these guys out of college. So I think that his impact year one will be higher if he lands on the Suns. And honestly, like the motion, everything lines up for him, being surrounded by a great shooter in Devin Booker, uh, a good inside score with TJ Warren. And then I think that honestly, the the guys who are going to benefit the most from this are guys like um, Dragon Bender and mm-hmm. uh, Josh Jackson, to be entirely honest, because these guys, um, Dragon Bender hasn't really seemed to have found his fit. Like he's had times where he's looked like a fluid big man and he's good hands for passing. His shot's been questionable, but like I think he'll find a role in this new offense. And then I think Josh Jackson's a guy who is honestly going to benefit the most from this because he was a guy who late in the year was like, I'm the number one on this team because Dev books out mm-hmm. and teams zeroed in on him and made made shots tougher, made you know all of his looks worse. A guy like Lucas Wheel open up looks for him, gonna draw traffic, gonna draw attention. So I think honestly, like it is a huge addition to this team. Be adding Igor means Luca comes in the most NBA ready player, even more though, more so than he was before. I'm gonna play devil's advocate to myself. Okay. And I, I still Wait, what? I still believe, and the reason why I'm saying devil's advocate to myself is, I still believe Luka is the pick for the Suns. Mm -hmm. However, I'm thinking, and I'm looking at the Suns roster, and you brought up one of them, Dave, in Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender. I'm almost starting to think, like, what the other side of, like, what if it's like, you know what, the Bender-Chris thing didn't work, let's move on. Ah, And the thing that I'm thinking, well, and the thing is, that changes it how into... Does, how did it not work? That's Just clarify that. Here, let me get to this. Okay. Which would you rather have as a, if you were a fan of the Suns or if you were in the organization? Luka Doncic and Mitchell Robinson? 
because that'll be the probably mm-hmm. best big that's available, or DeAndre Ayton, Shea Gilgis. I because DeAndre Ayton says he wants to play the four, doesn't want to play the five. So he would be Chris Say, and Bender move out of the way. Aiton's my four. I understand your your thought process. There. Jonte could first be off, there, but he could go before that. First off, that's going to need a fall for Shea mm-hmm. because they're we're, we're mocking him I mean, 13, 14. He's around that range though, just because okay. we have him at thirteen. Yeah, but I mean, mo- most likely he's mm-hmm. going to be the third point guard off the board. Yeah, he will. And, be. and it's and I don't think Colin, it's it really is going to depend on Colin Sexton who's mm-hmm. in love with Colin Sexton. Yep. But Shea Gill just might not be there. So that that's one big thing. And also, mm-hmm. it really depends on what they want to do with Alfred Payton still, because you know is he's not under contract now, Correct. right? So they 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 either have the option to bring him back or not. He wasn't mm-hmm. terrible. He wasn't great. He was Alfred Payton. Yep. Um, well, for it's, Phoenix, it's funny you say that because you had this is the last one. This will all change on Wednesday. You had Shea the highest twelve to the Clippers because you had mm-hmm. Colin Sexton going the pick before him to the Hornets. Yep. I actually had him at sixteen going to the Suns. Dave had him at. 13 going to the Clippers because he had Colin Sexton going to the Hornets as well. Again, it, it depends on yeah. that Colin Sexton mm-hmm. fall. And, or not fall, but where he, where he places. Um, so I think that's really be the that biggest Hornets thing. Really that Hornets pick is what it depends on. Yes right and now. no. I mean, like, hell, I mean, the Knicks could shock us and go with a guy True. like Colin Sexton. Um, but I think the thing with it, this is, is you need to just draft Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Again, I think you need the best player. And I understand that DeAndre Ayton is more of a need but also, Dragon Bender is still 20 years old. And mm-hmm. He'll be 20 years old when the season starts. And this kid still is developing his game. He's still getting used to the NBA. The fact that we're giving up on him already after two years is a little short-sighted. I, mean, I don't know again, who he is. Well, I mean, we're already talking about trading the kid and drafting his replacement oh, after I, two years. That, that was him. You I just also it, were I just on it. it. You said I, you were on the Dragon Bender, Marquise, Tri- Chris, get out of it. Well, I, I, would, I would try to pair Chris plus the 16 to move up or plus whatever you need to to move up in this draft, to mm-hmm. be entirely honest. Because I so think what they, would you what would you what you're thinking? Like, who are you trading up to get? What, what spot are you trying to I, get? I think for? you try to jump up to get the best chance at Bamba Carter. Like, mm-hmm. if you land either one of those guys to pair with Luca, then you're then you're in business. Then mm-hmm. you're just flat out in business, especially if it's a team like the 76ers that don't really need a draft pick. They don't really need a top 10 guy. And you can maybe say, hey, yeah. let's work out. A deal where you're still going to pick, but we get to go up and grab a guy like Carter or Bomb. We give you a chance at a redemption project, and he's still a young mm-hmm. player, but you know, Marquise Chris has a defensive IQ of a box of rocks, so I don't know. Um, well, he's still got a body <laughs> to play in the NBA, though. Yeah. Like, there's there's no saying that he's not going to develop mm-hmm. eventually. It's just a matter of if he hasn't turned out on the timeline and, and met the expectations of the pick he was a supposed to be. box of they, rocks. <laughs> have you watched him try to play? Yes, game? I have. They did take two, I mean, two of the youngest players in that draft. Mm-hmm. Marquise Chris, still 20 years old. He can be uh, 21 in July uh, 2nd. He's only about a month older than I am. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how my defensive IQ would be. Don't call him a kid, though, um, Sean. But also, again, these two guys haven't had stability in their head mm-hmm. coaches. But they I mean, had Earl Watson was fired right away. Yeah, and, and they had Earl Watson for a year. Clearly, he wasn't cut out to be an NBA coach right now. Right, so they weren't getting well, the best guidance. And, and then you get Jay Triano, who but Chris wasn't able to take over that job. Time to the point where we should have seen more growth out of him. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying you know, Bender was obviously injured, and mm-hmm. then this year he had mm-hmm. he had some time. But I, I I saw enough there that I'm like. I could see him working in Igor's offense, and, and there, there's potential there for the fit. But, but also, at least offensively, Marquise Chris has the body, he has the athleticism, and if we're running strictly pick and rolls, 
he can get up. So yeah. again, he he might just need to be fit into the right system. We've seen yeah. this plenty of Entirely times before. Possible. Again, you're not going to fix defensive IQ, but you can at least coach a player to understand where they need to be defensively. You're not going to teach a, a, a person tenacity. You're not going to teach a person how to be a great defender, but you can at least help them and guide them. And if Igor Koskovo, a guy who, again, has the resume to be in the NBA for the past 16 years, is the first European NBA head coach to be, you know, to ever be graced with the NBA head coach position. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something to be what? Well, David Blatt, European born. European oh, born. European born. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn okay. or uh, New York. I was just thinking like coached mm-hmm. in Europe, and I'm like, did yeah. David Blatt? No, no. Uh, had many coaches Blatt from was, Europe. Yeah, but Blatt was Boston European or New York. Born, yeah, okay. yeah, first. That's European why I gave you that look. We, we got to yeah. asterisk that shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, he's he's the first guy, first internationally mm-hmm. born uh, head coach. Uh, so, I mean, you're, you're still taking a shot at him. But, again, you're taking a shot at a guy who is, has the resume, who's been working with NBA talent since the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, the, these are guys that at least can help grow and, and guide players. Yeah. And, and we've seen the growth in Utah Jazz players, guys that we really didn't believe. And we saw what Donovan Mitchell on athleticism alone could turn into. Marquise Chris has the body and at least athleticism to be something. I'm not Donovan saying Mitchell great. Donovan Mitchell was more than just athleticism. No, I know. I know. But I'm saying at least Marquise Chris— <laughs> Again, has yeah. the athleticism and yeah. body to be a, a, possibly a starter at best. I mean, maybe he's not going to be a star like they possibly thought when drafting him, but he could be a starter if put in the right system. But, so, I mean, would you give up 16 Chris to get to 10, maybe? Or would you give up 16 and TJ Warren to get to 7 or 8? No. Come on. No, I'm I know not giving you love TJ Warren, Warren, but he's a bench player. Yeah, but he's the best bench player in the NBA. I don't, whoa, you're way wrong. But you're way around. Maybe, but wouldn't you say um, Gordon from the it Rockets? Was a, it was a joke. Bench Relax. Okay, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But he's got a weird love affair. For me, the thing that's going to change this, and I'm going to jump the gun a little bit. Sorry, yeah. Sean. Is if they don't get the number one pick, because I feel if like they get sunsed. If they get sunsed, I feel like what's going to happen is, like, if they get number two, fine. It's kind of the same situation, but. We don't have a choice of who we want. If they go three or lower, though, mm-hmm. let's say they do go three, well, then it's at that point, it's I'm going big. I'm going either Bagley or Jackson with that first pick. Let me just throw this out here really quick. Because they're not going to go Trey Young. We consistently talk about them trading up. We're using mm-hmm. the 16 and 15, right? I think those are the picks they have. 16, 15. And now 15. they just have the just 16, 16 because the second pick Thank you. went back to the Bucks. Okay, so they have a 16 pick. The Bucks pick. did too good, man. Yeah, they have a 16 pick. Why wouldn't they be able to say, hey, we want Luka Doncic. Luka mm-hmm. Doncic is the guy we need. We have the head coach for him. We have the most scouting on him. Why Use wouldn't the they trade up and get, to one? get the the centerpiece? If that's their guy, why uh, couldn't they be able to, would, to package and get their guy? Again, I would, I'm take, not saying two it's the, I'm not I would saying, take the two picks. Again, I'm not saying it's yeah. the right move, mm-hmm. but it's a definitely a possibility. I don't think we should throw that out there, that if they think Luka's the guy, mm-hmm. they might— Trade up and get him, if, especially with the head coaching hire. If there was, if there was not a guy like Shea Gilgis that low, I would be all for that. However, Luke is not the same player. No, no, no. I know that, but for me, they don't even play the same position. Technically, well, Shea Gilgis is a combo guard. He can play one or two. Yeah, but Luke is more but, of a three. But, but, but the thing that I'm looking at is, if I'm a Suns fan, if I'm in that organization, I mm-hmm. want both those picks. So for me, even if I am a three and I don't get Aiton or Doncic, 
I will take a one of the bigs, Jackson Bamba or Bagley, and then at 16, I'm targeting a Shea Gilders. I'm targeting a Simmons, okay. a guard for my back. But we have talked so much about how this is a top-heavy draft, mm-hmm. right? Yes. How, the, how How really outside of, I mean, even Wendell Carter, even though he's a top-10 pick, like we consistently talk about that guy having a ceiling of being a good starter mm-hmm. but possibly not being a star. We talk about Mikael Bridges being a two but never a one. Miles mm-hmm. Bridges, he could be a great three option for you, but we don't really see a one on him. Colin Sexton might be a good guard, but you may be top to light. Exactly. We look at Trey Young. Is he really you know going to be a star or is he too small for the NBA? Michael Porter Jr., he might be hurt, and we don't know what he's going to be. Mo Bamba, is he just a body? Mm-hmm. Why not go up and get the biggest star in the biggest star-studded draft we've seen in years? Why not do that and get the centerpiece of your franchise and also— Because Dev Book's the centerpiece. I, well, Luca, <laughs> I think I'm saying if they if they go up and tra- trade mm-hmm. draft Luca number one, he becomes the centerpiece. I but feel— here's, Hold on. Here's the thing is we look at the potential on this team and the mm-hmm. recent draft picks— Dragon Mender, a top ten pick. Marquise Chris, a top ten pick. I'm not saying these guys should be are going to pan they're out. In the top ten doesn't no, mean they're going to pan but, out. But they saw the potential in them, and they're mm-hmm. still 20 years old. Josh Josh Jackson, again, still very young. You look at uh, T.J. Warren, a good bench piece that you already have solidified. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker, one of the best young scorers. Why not get a facilitator to help fit into Igor's offense? And move it around. I'm just saying that is a possibility that yeah. might happen. We talked about the Suns having a ton of potential. Maybe you just need mm-hmm. a guy to tap into that potential, and maybe they think Igor is the guy. This is what I would rather do. If I was, if I'm the Suns and I'm sitting at three, let's say worst case scenario, they're sitting at three mm-hmm. with that third overall pick. I go with whichever big I like best: Jackson, Bamba, or Bagley. Whichever one you like better. Which one do you think that, fits best? For me, I would probably go with Bagley. Because like Bamba's, hmm. Bamba's a five for me, and I'm saying that because the second part's coming. I wait for it, okay. Sean. Um, I go with Bagley because he's a four, and he's I like him a little bit better yeah. than Triple J. Then what I do is at sixteen, I say you know what, let's target that seventy sixer pick, maybe the Nick pick, trade either Bender or Chris along with that sixteen to then move up to then get like whether you want. A three like Mikhail or Miles or like a number uh, point guard like Colin Sexton. That's what I would do then. Get my four. Okay, now Bender, one of Bender and Chris can be expendable because now I have three there and I can use that sixteen to still trade up. Got a five. Well, I mean, Tyson Chandler is still under contract. For one what if they year? just kick that can down the okay, road? Okay, but you're still gonna have a draft year. pick the next year. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying, like, what if they just I mean, kick like, that why, can why down the road? Why does this need to be the draft then, Dave? Because you're, you're, you're saying why like, draft they, anybody? No, but it can always be next year. What do you mean? But is that but, the motto for the fucking Suns now? But no, are the, the Suns? Kings. But are the Suns also? Shots you say. But all the Suns. I mean, do the Suns need to hit on the? Like, obviously they need to hit on this draft. But do they need to hit on a five on this draft? And that means their franchise is fucked. No, no, I don't. I don't think that. Again, I think they're like. Why is a five a, such a big need for them, Dave? Like that's what I'm trying to get at. It's a giant hole, and it's in the center of their team, and they can't stop anybody who's driving to the rim. It's sort of a problem. Like, do they not have a ton of cap? That well, they do. DeAndre Jordan's out there. They could make an offer for Jordan. I'm. I'm He's going to take that option. I'm of the uh, opinion that they should take a swipe at uh, Aaron Gordon. To be entirely honest with you, hmm. but what 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 should they like what? Mode, uh, not modus, but what ammo do you think they have to at least go out and get an Aaron Gordon? Because that's going to cost a little bit, because that guy right now is the best player on the Orlando Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I understand. I'm just saying they got 
They've got people who have potential, which is the magic word for this magic team, because they sure... And plus, you got the Magic Sense connection. Like, I'm just saying, there, there's a line there that I can draw. I think that he would be able to come, and he's still young enough. Um, you guys, I know we haven't talked about him at all, but, like, Brandon Knight's still on this team. If he comes back from this injury with any sort of talent, like... That's he's, he's, not he's the locked talent, under contract it's just the though. Injury. But he's locked under contract I, for two I understand more years. That, so. But like, what, what, this kid's never healthy. So that's why I'm not Ish. putting Brandon Knight in there because I don't know if he's ever going to play. He's going to play. But how, for how long? Two games and he gets injured again? <laughs> just a hater. Just a hater. Um, no, I don't know. That's fair. I mean, it's fair. He, he but has like, been what, what ammo do they need to get a guy like Aaron Gordon? That's that's what I'm trying to get to. Because you say Aaron Gordon might be a nice fit, but like, how is that going to work? Are they going to have to give up that 16 overall pick and a Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris and probably more? Because again, those guys aren't really needs for the Orlando Magic positional wise. Are they yeah. going to give up Alfred Payton and send him? Well, back? It's the last Sign year of for Aaron Gordon, pretty much. So that's the thing is his value might be right for them. So they might be able to do, like I said, like a Chris and TJ. Like a, a something like that, the 16 and one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I think the Magic are in a place where if they don't like what they if they don't like where they land in the draft and who's available there, I think they would consider an option there. That's all I'm saying. For Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, it's going to be interesting, but I, again, I go back to this team and I look at the Phoenix Suns. Draft, I think the biggest need for them is just a facilitator. I understand oh, yeah. they need to fill Huge. out that five spot. Like, I, I get it. But again, if Luka's on the board, you yeah. have the connection with Igor. You put Luka offensively at the one, Dev Book at the two, Josh Jackson at the three, and you have two young guys. I understand they haven't been really shown out, mm-hmm. but if they're made options offensively and they're in the right system where they can drive to the basket or Dragon Mender can shoot from the outside in the corner, at that four spot, they can still be viable with the right coach. Mm-hmm. And at the five, I understand Tyson Chandler isn't sexy anymore, but also Tyson Chandler still isn't a terrible basketball player. No, and not. also, you still have cap room to go out and get a guy like DeAndre Jordan. You still have cap room to go out and you get You can toss an these... offer to Clint Capella and try to piss off the Rockets because have... there's no way with their offseason plans. You no, know? the Nets mm-hmm. got that covered. No, they don't, actually. They don't do that? They don't have enough money oh, this okay. year. Yeah. The, I mean, usually, they're, they're the, usually they're the team that does they, it. They took on Moscow. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Or, and they took on Alan Crabb, too. Yeah. Like, I, again, there's, <laughs> there's guys out there that they can fill that five spot. I think the biggest need is facilitator. You yeah, have the more surefire thing in in this draft right now with Luka Sean, Doncic. I don't think anyone's arguing. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to, we got to wrap up the segment. So Here, I'm trying to end on a strong note, here's Dave. The, here's <laughs> the last thing I'm going to say, and this is going, this is going back Why to, Ricky speech? this is going back to what it is right now. They're the number one pick right now. That's what I'm going to base it off of. If I'm going number one, I'm going Luka. Then at 16, I'm going like a Mitchell Robinson. I'm going with that center. Then in next year's draft, depending on where we are. They trade for Kawhi. No, no, no. I'm assuming the Suns still suck. Sorry, Phoenix. And they get Zion Williamson. There's your four. And he's the power forward. Yeah, I don't don't know about Zion at a four. He boys like 6'6", right? Uh, I don't, I don't well, wait—is that six no. six with shoes or without shoes? No, six six two seventy is listed as power forward on here. I don't know, but that's it, yeah, it's a big boy. I don't know about that. Uh, he's defensively he looks like then a stud, fine. But we'll you see draft Jonte Porter, and then you draft Williamson to be your son. I'm not shitting on your ideas. I'm just <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know what Zion will do. But I don't know. They're gonna be bottom. I don't know. Do you think Luca plus whatever their other pick plus for agency makes them a top lotto team again? Nope. I don't think so. I think that pushes them down to ten. Possibly. I, yeah. I mean, it depends on the, the, the direction, but I think Luca can change 
the direction of a team. I totally especially agree, especially with Devin Booker, who I think is a top, uh, you know, possible top scorer in this league, with one of the better bench scorers in the league, at TJ Warren, one of the better young two-way players in Josh Jackson. They, they've and got two a guys, lot of positives. Two guys that are, have, are pretty much clay right now in Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris. Again, we don't know what these guys can be, but they're still very young. I don't know. I, I like Phoenix. I love the hire of Igor, and I think this is the right direction. And I have faith yeah. in Ryan McDonough. I think I think mm-hmm. Suns fans should be optimistic. That's the point Absolutely. I was trying to make. That's the point I was trying to end out strong. Uh, tell us what you think the Suns should do in the draft. Are they going to get Luka? Should they go DeAndre Ayton? Uh, or are they going to end up with a Josh Jackson? Or not Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. Sharon Jackson. A Marvin Bagley Jr. Uh, a, a Mo Bamba. Uh, yeah. Let us know down in the comments below. All right, let's move into the, I think this is the fourth topic now because we have wet boys in the middle. So the fourth topic of the podcast, a five-topic podcast. It's my fault, man. It's my fault. Again, I had to do something on a win. Don't, for, for those don't forget to fans. check out uh, patreon.com slash mostvaluepodcast. I don't think I've mentioned that before, but we're also going to tell you to go check out mostvaluepodcast.com. The link is in the description. Ricky wrote an article. You can also write, not only talk, I know, but you can weird. also write. He is talented. Uh, he wrote five. Uh, quite, I had Sean proofread. He writes, <laughs> edits, <laughs> and uh, contributes across the board. Well, wasn't too bad, but go check out Ricky's article on mostvaluepodcast.com. The five potential trade options for the Spurs, the Kawhi Leonard version, because uh, it just says Kawhi Leonard trade, five potential trade mm-hmm. options for the Spurs. So the five potential trades for Kawhi yeah. Leonard. So go check out the five that Ricky ranked. This is more of a topic, though, about which major market should trade for Kawhi Leonard. Ricky, I don't know if you want to really go too deep, but you kind of mention a major market. Well, all of these are major markets mm-hmm. in your article. But which one do you think should trade for Kawhi Leonard? Well, the one thing I will say, the only thing I'll mention deeply about the article is all five of them are major markets. Like, mm-hmm. that's the one thing I tried to do. Mm. And for me, it's I'll hit the double, the double dandy, L.A., like, no matter what team it is, one of them, I feel like, needs to get Kawhi Leonard. Because mm-hmm. the Lakers, we talked about earlier with LeBron James and the Knicks, it's like, yeah, the L.A. dream is kind of alive, but LeBronzo's yeah. not what it was. I'm not on that bandwagon anymore. I'm more on the LeBron to Philly bandwagon. And then the Clippers, it's like, you just missed the playoffs. You have to do something to get you into the playoffs. So for me, that's the—if I'm looking at all the markets— that's the one that needs to get him, is one of the L.A. teams needs to get Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and I mean, the thing to remember with this is it's a trade. It's not free agency. Kawhi exactly. doesn't have an option in this. So, yes, he would like to go to one of those teams, but at the same time, it's it's whoever can throw out the biggest haul. And it seemed like the Clippers with uh, Jerry West, you know, he's kind of known to wheel and deal, get things done, mm-hmm. made the big move of shipping Blake out of town. So I'm not sure ammo-wise what they've got to make it work, but... I, I like the chance for either one of the L.A. teams to do it. The trade that Ricky does throw out there for uh, the mm-hmm. Clippers, at least, uh, it does make sense. The one that he, he did throw yeah. out there. I mean, it's, it wasn't too crazy. We, we talked about it a little bit in one of our Kawhi topics. Mm-hmm. The one that I want to throw in there, I know it's technically not a major market. Milwaukee. Uh, <laughs> Milwaukee. Can I guess it? Chicago North. What? Dallas. No. Oh, okay. Swing and a miss. No, it's uh, New Orleans. No. Charlotte. No. Stop guessing, because you're not going to get Golden it. State. It's not a media mar- It's not a major media market. It's never known for media. It's known for coal, baby. The Grizzlies. No, stop guessing. Coal. It's Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers, because <laughs> what's the biggest media market? It's wherever LeBron James is. Oh. Yeah. Who's been the biggest focus on NBA media for the past 15 years? LeBron James has been. That's, so that's a fair point. Cleveland True. does have the ammo at eight. It doesn't matter about the major media market, because I don't understand that you know LeBron's been talking about going to a bigger market, but that's for his business. Yeah. It doesn't matter about the media, because... LeBron and Cleveland's going to get as many national games as they're going to get as long as LeBron's on that team. Mm-hmm. They have the ammo. Why not go out and get one of the best two-way players 
in the NBA right now, Kawhi Leonard, with that eighth overall pick. You might need to you know tag on a couple yeah, of other there, guys, but, uh, maybe yeah. a CD Osman. Why not? Who, who doesn't love a good CD Osman? I think that's a pop guy written all over it. But <laughs> I think it's a perfect fit for Kawhi Leonard and the Cleveland Cavaliers. You get a guy who's young and can take a load off of uh, uh, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. He can also play defense on the better player a la KD in the mm-hmm. finals when LeBron doesn't need to. He can guard a Draymond or a Klay Thompson. He could take off that pressure of LeBron James. And Kawhi Leonard doesn't need to be a creator. He's a good shot taker. He's a good scorer. But you can have LeBron James to create with him. And pairing that with Kevin Love, oh boy. So technically oh boy. not a major media market, mm-hmm. and that's why you didn't include him into the, I, no, into no, the, no. the I article. I almost did. Okay. I almost did. But again, and LeBron James, wherever you follow him, the cameras will follow That's the reason why. I almost, like... When I was writing it, they were the third trade down because I came up with the trades before I did anything. And the thing with the Cavs I just find hard is mm. you mentioned K-Love. Obviously, the Cavs aren't going to want to trade K-Love, so take him out of it. I don't think that the Spurs are going to want TT, so take him out of it. Then you have the only three contracts that would need to be the base for that. Before, can I jump in real Go quick? Go ahead. I know one of them. Mm-hmm. I think it's George Hill. It How is. fucking yes. fr- full circle would it be if he if, went to San Antonio? Well, went back. But, but the first trade, True. how they got Kawhi, was George Hill. Yeah. It was George George Hill for the 15th pick, mm-hmm. and then take Kawhi. for George Hill. Be funny. It would just be funny to see that George full Hill's one of them. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson's another one because his contract is yeah, kind of player. inflated. And J.R. Smith. I don't know if I'm the Spurs. I want any of those guys. I don't know. I mean, I think... George Hill because all fits of them are system. also locked yeah. down for three years. Yeah, George Hill fits their system. I think the guy that probably makes the most sense. I think he's also the cheapest. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Jordan Clarkson? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because he's also younger too. Yeah, he's younger. Yep. More of a scorer that they don't really have at that guard position. Because mm-hmm. Dejounte Murray, very good young guard. Tony Parker, an old player. Ma- Manu, an old player. They don't really yeah. have that go-to scorer. Jordan Clarkson has proven at some points, especially in, in Los Angeles, that yeah. he could be a, a guy that puts up twenty a night. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I'm looking at it though, and I'll ask you guys this because I'm I'm dealing this right now in my head. If the Cavs went to the Spurs, ring ring, pick up the phone. Hello. Hey, pop, what's going on? Nothing, um, Kobe. I've got a trade for you: Jordan Clarkson and Kyle Korver, along with our top ten pick. Would you take that if you're the Spurs? Or, well, again, if, or if you're Cleveland, are you trying to swap picks? This is this is a different topic. We talked about this before. Yeah. Again, I don't know the well, Kawhi the only, Leonard situation. The only so it depends how going, desperate you are about And the Kawhi only Leonard. reason I'm going into this is I didn't talk about this one. Yeah. If it's a must trade for Pop and you're getting back Clarkson, Corver, and a, and a top, top 10, 10 pick. pick. Possibly even top like 8 or mm-hmm. 5, depends on. Well, not yeah. 5, well, it's but top eight, top, right top 8 or top 3, depending on how the lottery falls. Mm-hmm. I mean... They're they're both good pieces. I don't know necessarily that he cares about bringing in Corver. Yes, good good role player would be able to fit in no problem. It's just the question of like, doesn't play where is this Spurs team at then? Because it's it's built around Lamarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the three point shot of Corver uh, would be good. I don't, I don't know. The value might not be there though. Just that eight. The eight pick on its own is concerned. Like, they may need to toss in a future. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I don't think... But if they're getting Kawhi Leonard, I don't think Cleveland would be afraid of throwing in a future. Yeah. Because that means you're going to be pairing up two of the best players, two top ten players, possibly even two top five players when healthy, and Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James together. So, that's that's another one that I want to throw out there. But don't forget to check out Ricky's article. I wanted to pitch one last question. Yep. And I know this is going to go a little bit long. I just wanted to ask you guys. Yep. What do you think if there is a trade? What's the timetable? Because... They don't need to trade him this offseason, but if they get close to that trade deadline, will it be a PG situation where it's like, shit, we got to get rid of him 
and they get like the PG trade was Victor and Demontes for PG. That was before that was preseason. The, it was preseason. Stuff. Was it? Yeah, it was before okay. everything started. Because I mean, with the Kawhi started, thing, was, now, was, was gifted the uh, the god That's of the right. Well, it wasn't PG Kawhi, before Mellow. He was. And yeah. the reason why I bring that up is this offseason they don't need to trade him. But if I get close to the trade deadline, if I'm trying to get Kawhi, then I could maybe try to lowball the Spurs because it's like, fine, keep them. We'll get them next year. I think if a trade happens now, or if a trade's going to happen, it's, it's going to happen now, now because draft. because of the draft, you yeah. can reload. But then also, if it doesn't happen now, that means they want to take him into the season. So mm-hmm. that means they which feel means, like he's going to play, yeah. which means they probably either patched it or have a working relationship. Yeah. So I think so, really the draft is sort of the, the night of the year where teams really mm-hmm. kind of say, this is exactly what we're rolling with into the next season. Exactly. But don't forget to check out Ricky's article down in the uh, description below, mm-hmm. and also tell us where you think Kawhi Leonard's best landing spot could be if he is traded by the San Antonio Spurs. But let's move into the final topic here on the Fast Break Podcast. However, I think if I understand Ricky correctly, this is the first one on YouTube. So hello to everyone on YouTube. Uh, if you listen on Blog Talk Radio still, thank you so much. We had one of our best months last month in April, so we want to give a huge shout out to everyone on Blog Talk Radio for supporting us there. And we want to support Thank everyone on YouTube as well. One of our best months yeah, on help, YouTube. They helped the fast break just set the bar even higher for the audio mm-hmm. audio listens. And on yeah. YouTube, just as total, we've been killing mm-hmm. it. Uh, MLSO Podcast. So thank you to everyone over there. But let's go into our yearly tradition of looking into our crystal balls and predicting the NBA lottery. It's taking place in 10 days, 20 hours, 6 minutes, and 47, 6, 5, 44, 43, 42 seconds. We're going to look in and try to predict who's going to have the number one overall pick when it comes to the NBA draft in June. Ricky, I am going to go to you first because you already have your answer. You've already said it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Again, put on the tinfoil and tell us why the Chicago Bulls will be the number one team after the NBA draft lottery. All right, so I'm not as fired. I, I feel bad. I'm not as fired up as I was when I made that proclamation earlier in this year, well, you, it wasn't that much earlier. It was like a it was month two or two months ago. ago. I mean, that's the thing is you've been sitting well, in it, it and you've accepted the, it. The reason why I was so fired up right then is because so I was editing the Outcast podcast, and in that segment for the NBA or for the Bulls, Juice Juice, Juice? said that Juice. Uh, he was like, "Oh, the Grizzlies are getting number one pick. The Bulls aren't going to get it." And I went, "No." We complied with the league. They said, you got to play your starter. We said, no, we're trying to tank. Look at all these other teams tanking. Because we complied with the league, they're going to be like, fine, we're going to throw you a salad. They're going to give us the number one pick. I mean, wouldn't that be like, it's gonna like be a they little... literally called us out for tanking. I feel like yeah. they wouldn't turn around and hand us a free number one pick. Like, well, it's <laughs> because we listened to them. We all go, all right, there's a little bargain here. We won't tank anymore. You scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. Major market not tanking. What are you going to do for us? Because we'll just tank that real if you quick. Let's. Uh, do we feel like the NBA? We yes. always have this. Is it rigged? Yes. We forgot to bring the tinfoil knife, boys. I feel. <laughs> I feel embarrassed. We need props. Is it rigged? I need to get this man a, a, a captain's hat. Carrot top. Yeah. Is it rigged? Uh, it, it seems that way at times, man. I don't think every year is, but I think mm-hmm. some years are. I don't think last year was rigged, right? Uh, probably not. But I mean, like the Cavs getting two years in a row. Yeah, that was. After LeBron leaves, you get, mm-hmm. you get number one, number one. But wasn't I it mean, Dan Gilbert's son and then MGK the next year? He was the special like that, yeah. guest that they brought along. I don't know. I think I, I don't think, think every year, but I think some years. I, I believe the 1985 one with the whole frozen envelope <laughs> with Patrick Ewing, and it was yeah. bringing us up every single year. 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I think I think again. I have too much faith in the NBA where I could say this is rigged. Like I, I don't think there's clear collusion for teams to be gifted the number one draft. And you know, there's some people out there that are like, oh, they want to give it to big markets. You know, why would they want to give it to Phoenix or Memphis? Uh, you know, they're small market teams. But also, let's look at every single team in the playoff right now. Utah killing it. Houston. Bigger market. Golden State, bigger market. But then also, I mean, like, let's look at the biggest markets in the league right now. Brooklyn, not in the playoffs. New York Knicks, not in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Los Angeles Clippers, not in the playoffs. Los Angeles Lakers, not in the playoffs. Dallas Mavericks, not in the playoffs. Chicago Bulls, not in the playoffs. Most of the large markets aren't in the playoffs, and the NBA is still thriving. So I think we're getting away from it doesn't matter who has the number one pick anymore. I know you have that connection of, oh, stop tanking. Quick, quick, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. We'll give you the... Uh, we'll give you the number one overall pick, but also Chicago's still selling out. People still love the Bulls. People know oh, yeah. the Bulls are going through a rebuild Chicago, stage. We're loyal, and also we're loyal AF. and also Chicago fans have been going through rebuilds. <laughs> White Sox doing it right now. Uh-huh. Still a Reinsdorf team. A rebuild team. or a retool? Rebuild for okay. Um, also with uh, the Chicago Cubs, they went through that for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Bears right now going through it. Blackhawks did it as well. So Chicago's used to rebuilds, and they've seen the 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 results of the yield. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's really that was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're going to give you the number one overall pick. I don't think this is rigged. And if I'm just looking at the odds, if I'm looking at everything from the past, Phoenix has had such terrible luck. I think this is finally Phoenix's year. And I think the hire of Igor, not saying that they knew that they were going to you know, get uh, the number one overall pick. That's why they hired Igor. But I think just it's finally Phoenix's time to to at least get the opportunity to right the ship. <laughs> and I think they're going to have at least enough luck, not only with the 25% odds to get the number one overall pick, but I think it's finally their year not to fall down to four. Um, and Phoenix will finally break the streak and get a number one overall pick. See, now the thing that I think about mm-hmm. is, and I know I'm going into the NBA is rigged kind of a thing. Like, I'm going to look last <laughs> why year. Is it rigged? Well, I'm going to look last year just as an example. If you look at the odds for the number one pick, that's the main ones I'll do. Yeah. Boston had the highest. Phoenix had the second highest. Phoenix even had the second highest at 55.8% to at least have a top three pick. They drafted four. Like, and I get that some people might say, well, that's just how the lottery worked. But I feel like if there was, if there was like, and it was all happenstance, don't you think Phoenix would have had the ball bounce their way once already? And we wouldn't be making the joke earlier about, well, Phoenix are just going to get Phoenix. But then what do they have what do they have against Phoenix? I mean, they they're just not have a big market. Luck. They're not a big market. They're not like do you think put it this but way. Cleveland's just, also not a big market. Cleveland's like 19. But I mean LeBron James made them number 1. Exactly. But LeBron like you James said, wasn't there. Whatever team LeBron LeBron could go but to LeBron was from there. Cleveland. Huh? He was from Cleveland. He was getting drafted. That was also, Cleveland. I'm pretty sure, again, correct me if I'm wrong, the first time LeBron James was yeah. the first time they were in their moral overall pick. Well, I mean, look at the Derrick Rose. At least in the lottery. Derrick Rose in the lottery. From we, Chicago. Like, there's a lot we of missed the playoffs. Okay. We were the first team to miss the playoffs, got the number one pick. Who's who's the number Who's right now? Who's been the number one overall pick that we've been mocking to Phoenix? Aiden. Where's he from? Mm-hmm. He's from Arizona. Arizona. Both from the college and from okay. the hometown. There we go. We got the hometown but connection, too. Here's the thing I'll go back to. Just last year as an example, because we don't have that crazy hometown thing to look at. I just gave you one, Aiden. I know. I'm looking at last year, because I'm not on the Oh, yeah, you're the, talking the last roster. year, my yeah. bad. I'm sorry. Here's the thing I'll ask you. Fultz, Ball, or Tatum, do any of those guys make the Phoenix Suns a playoff team? No. God, no. This, no. Like, the past year? 
this year that we just saw? Do any of those three guys move the no. ne- needle for the Suns? Fultz was hurt. Mm-hmm. And then Tatum, I think, has thrived because of the system in mm-hmm. Boston. I think he's still a great player. But I think he's done as well as he has think because about, of the system. And Phoenix was okay. so tumultuous with Earl Watson. Think about this. And I'm using last year yeah, as... Ball would have been interesting. I'm using last year as the reference. Think Lonzo but think about this. Boston, obviously the trade happened, so that's why they didn't pick number one. But the reason why the league would want them number one is, hey, you know what? The East is crap. We need some team to be the, what's the word I'm looking for? The main number two to take on LeBron James, so it's not just a LeBron James cakewalk in the East. Let's make the East because a little Toronto bit tougher. Because Toronto doesn't count. Yeah, let's make... They're proving Le- it, though. LeBron. LeBron. They're proving it, though. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this for two seconds. Toronto fans, I gave you the benefit of the doubt that this is your best year. You are proving... Your team is proving that you can't beat LeBron. So, yeah, uh, you hey, are correct. Well, you know why they're, I was uh, being... he can't beat LeBron? Why? Because he's the greatest player to ever pick up a basketball. Or he has just... more playoff wins than Toronto has as a franchise. Or he is the me- meteor to their baby dinosaurs, as Colin Coward He's the say. meteor to but every single team here's... besides the Western Conference. Besides the Warriors? Um, here's... He's beat them! Think about it, though. Well, Kyrie beat them. No, LeBron beat him. Yeah, we had a triple the, double in the NBA yeah, Finals. Curry Get out of final here! Shot. Okay, <laughs> who had passed him the ball? <laughs> who set him up? Who had right. the defense draped over him because well, it was Kyrie LeBron hit, taking over in that Kyrie game? Kyrie hit the final you shot. Are such a who hit the final shot for the Bulls in the last game? MJ? Steve Kerr. Oh, the very last game for Jordan, MJ. Well, okay, well one of them. Was Steve <laughs> Kerr. One of them was also Paxson. So yeah, you can say that. But back to what I was saying. You give Boston the number one pick. Ooh, it looks. Like, it all chalked up because they were supposed to get it. Then why do the Lakers get two? Back to Sean and what he was saying. They had the Lonzo's, Lonzo's eight. No, they didn't. The Suns had the second highest. Oh, yeah. Lakers get two because who's sitting there? The big ball of brand. Lonzo ball, L.A. kid going to L.A. There's your theory right there. That could be why maybe Well, they Phoenix always gets seem it. linked. Like, no matter where they were going exactly. to go, we always felt Lonzo was going to But how do you for sure st- – Take that. You lock oh, it in. You lock it in at number two. And then the Phoenix, or not the Phoenix Suns, the Philadelphia 76ers. Another up and coming team that, hey, you know what? We're building up Boston. Let's build up the 76ers. Let's have maybe two teams that could try to take on LeBron and make the East tougher. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. I wasn't exactly a fan of Philadelphia after he kind of pushed out the Oh, I know that, but it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to shun that franchise? Or are you going to say, you know what? We need to make the East (laughs) tougher some way, and we got to do it to make it tougher. Interesting. I mean, you could look at that draft alone and see why that happened. That was conspiracy talk. One on one with Ricky Whitmer. Dave, thoughts on He's seen some shit. On that podcast. Uh, I don't know if he's on anything, but he's seeing some things. Uh, There's chemicals in the water. The NBA draft the lizard, the lizard people. Adam Silver is a pawn put in place by the NBA owners. Yes. Yes. Go buy our neutral vitamins. <laughs> can block out Adam Silver's radio waves going into your head through the ESPN broadcast. This is no longer the fast break. It's in the break. NBA is going to take over Toronto and tr- literally name, rename it LeBron. LeBron's going to be the mayor. I think we want a mic. LeBron's going to be no. No, I just I want I want Sean to keep going. I, I can't go anymore because I actually start Speak, getting before red. Dave does talk. I saw a meme on Facebook. <laughs> I you know, know I don't think you, can you know who Alex Jones looks like? Bill Dotrieff. 
From King of the Hill? Oh. Bill from King of the Hill. Okay. Anyways, Bill let's what get back to the NBA draft lottery and hey, the predictions I was and not on, the NBA I was draft lottery conspiracy. I was right on it until you... Uh, you went on for five minutes joke. about conspiracies and you gave us a prediction. Oh, yeah, the Bulls. I said that right away. I said the Bulls are getting the pick. But there's no hometown connection. But What's the connection? What's I'm the conspiracy? Going, no, 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 no. The conspiracy here isn't the connection. The yeah. conspiracy here is... Is big markets? The league told us, hey... Stop tanking. We said, what are you going to do for us? All right. They're going to give us the number one pick because we did what they said. After all of that, what are your thoughts, Dave? I, it, it hurts my brain. Where are you going with this conversation? The it take, really take me to Take me to a better a place, Dave. place? All right, so Philly goes one, Phoenix two, Cleveland three. We're just ruining the NBA <laughs> Is it here. just because you hit Sim Lottery and that's like I Sim so many times to get this, I don't even want to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, I, I want either Philly to get the one or I want Boston to get the two, three. Mm-hmm. I want it to happen so badly. Could you, could, imagine, you that could you imagine if Boston walks away with a with pick? With Marvin Bagley? If they got the three and got Marvin Bagley? Disgust. I don't even know if they would take Bagley. It, it just would ruin. Like, well, it's either him or Triple J, right? Exactly. And a rebounding big whose <laughs> defensive presence down low. All like, right. You, you or Mo Bamba. They like, could take him, too. Terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we just go all in and mm-hmm. just say, yeah. Let's give it to Cleveland and let's go Boston. Let's continue to build the East. Build the East. Because well, giving Boston, it to Cleveland isn't building. That means the they're going to trade the pick, though. Um, that means I they guess, get quad. Maybe. Yeah. I literally oh. just sim the lottery and this is how, how this is how it's going to pan out. Right? Yeah. Okay. I think Cleveland might trade the pick, but I think the eighth overall pick is still worth it. Mm-hmm. And I think if they're going after Kawhi Leonard. It still might happen if Kawhi is in such a dangerous in such a dangerous aspect. We don't yeah. know where, what that situation is and what the relationship is. But if it's that dangerous and that tumultuous as it's been reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, mm-hmm. then they should be trading Kawhi Leonard. This is how it's going to line up: Phoenix at number one, mm-hmm. Memphis at number two, Dallas at number three, Atlanta at number four, I follow you. Orlando at five, Chicago at six, Sacramento at seven, Brooklyn, but traded to Cleveland at eight. Number nine has New York. 10 you say the same via the Los Angeles Lakers to Philadelphia. Charlotte picking at 11. Hold on. Here's where it gets crazy. Detroit's pick got sent to uh, the Clippers in the Blake Griffin yeah, trade. They're going to be picking 12. Then Los Angeles is going to be picking at 13, and then Denver uh, picking at 14. I sim the lottery, and that's exactly but what gave it to me. I didn't click reset. It gave me that. But didn't you say that last year that was nothing gonna was going to change? Exactly. And yeah. It- it told, it, it, you were totally off. Uh, what? I mean, I was wrong about. No, weeks? I'm saying last year. Didn't you say that? Whatever. Oh, everything's gonna stay the same. Okay, I also bet my car. Like guys, sometimes <laughs> and lost things it. get wrong. And, and I was like, what? I, I missed before four, the podcast. Out of, out, of, out of 14 <laughs> picks, I missed four. Right? That's not a great percentage. It's not amazing. Whatever. What'd you say? Did you say? Did you get a me? I don't freaking remember yeah. what you I said. Flashback last year. Friday. That I don't know. Yeah, the Bulls are getting number one pick though this year. Dave okay. was getting the number one pick. Um, Flashback Friday when I'm right. Who, oh, here, real quick. Who's the top three then? The top three? So F- Phoenix falls out? Phoenix falls out. They're going to be at four. Sorry, I'm going to say, do you want my real conspiracy or my like honest what I think it's going to be? I want whatever whatever that means. Whatever you want to do. Just right? give me four, three fucking teams. I'll go Bulls at one. Bulls at one, Sacramento at two, Memphis at three. All right. How's that going to play out then? Who 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 goes where? So it'll the be. One, two, three. Give me a, a, a top three mock draft. So oh, like who's going to go where? Yeah, where who the Bulls um, taking one? Bulls will probably take. I mean, you Luka. had two months to think about it. Bulls will probably take Luca, but I would prefer DeAndre Ayton over Luca. Um, then you have Sacramento. If Luca's there, would go Luca. 
And then the Memphis Grizzlies will go Marvin Bagley. You said Bulls are taking Luka, though. I'm going to, me personally, Garpax will take Luka. I'm going Aiton. Okay, me so Aiton to the Bulls. Doncic to the Kings. And then Bagley. Bagley to the Memphis Grizzlies. Dave, give me your top three. My top three is I'm going Phoenix at one, Boston at two, Orlando at three. Orlando, and I almost wanted Orlando in the top uh, three. So, how's that going to pan out? Uh, Phoenix takes Luca. Um, right or wrong, it is. Boston walks with this draft with DeAndre Ayton. Or, just... or do they trade the pick? Or they could trade the pick. What would you do? If I'm Boston, trade the pick. <laughs> I don't know. It depends I mean, who's interested. Think about it. The Hall for two could be pretty good. But what would you? What would you want? I, they, like, they need. What do they need? Technically, they need a five. Okay. Um, but, the best five in the league what? is not worth the, the potential of DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> but what I, what I would say is... Could they trade... And, no, not, oh, on, oh, on, I'm sorry. On, Anthony Davis. Who am I kidding? I don't... Th- but are they going to get rid of him? <laughs> no, no, no. They I don't won't. think they're going to get rid of him. They won't. Think Here's about the it. Thing. Memphis is at four. Why not swap the two and the four no. and Marcus no. goes over to no, 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 no. Boston? I, if I'm Boston, I want DeAndre Ayton. No. Yeah, stick I'm, I'm stick with, with the timeline. I'm with you. I'm sticking with And here's the thing. I think DeAndre Ayton no, there. Wanted to trade. I think DeAndre Ayton there is perfect though. Exactly. Because think about that lineup. You have it's Tyree disgusting. Irving. You have Gordon Hayward. You have Al Horford, who I know again is small for the five. But, but then you can Al push Horford is a, is a to the maniac. Four exactly. He, to play. he could play at the four. He also doesn't need to start right away. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum's in there. Jalen Brown's in there. Mm-hmm. Scary the Terry's in there. Oh my god. So deep. Insane. So it's deep. An and then Orlando at three gets to take the boy at point guard that they they were promised. <laughs> For a for about what are we about six months of doing this, yeah, about I know we have months. a ton of Orlando Magic fans. So tell me what you'd feel if, if you, you got, got the third pick, <laughs> and then Dave's picking you to take Trey. Here's a question: How would Jake feel if Boston got if this played out and Boston got that Laker pick? He'd be hurt. He'd be hurt seriously. And they Especially, got DeAndre Ayton. No, no, no. It would only be improved upon by Boston beating them in the series going yes. on right now. Without <laughs> so you lose the series lose to a lotto. team without their best two players, and then you lose your lotto pick. Well, and arguably. And, 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 and he's Do- not going to be on the podcast is, until after this the lottery. Is, this is from Philadelphia 76 or great, Dr. J. Mm-hmm. Also, if you get the better player in the pick from last year in Jason Tatum oh over Markel Fultz. Just saying, you'd beat him three times in a row. In um, one year. Yeah. In one year. Here's here's a I simmed it once I I like the I like the way that this no I don't like that way this is this is why I liked it all right so this is this is how it's gonna pan out in my mind all right mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna go away from, uh, from the lottery my top three and this is how it's gonna pan out there's gonna be four changes like there was last year Atlanta gets the number one pick Phoenix gets the number two three Memphis gets the third pick four Dallas gets the fourth and then okay. five Orlando six Chicago down the line it's the same mm-hmm. all right here's how it's gonna pan out though Atlanta's not picking number one Phoenix trades the sixteenth pick. Moves up to Atlanta, takes Luka Doncic. Then Atlanta takes DeAndre Ayton at two because they're and Phoenix is afraid. They want Luka. They think he's going to be franchise mm-hmm. changer. Lay that out. Go check that out in the Igor Kukoskov uh, topic that we just did. I think Phoenix uh, needs Luka. I think it's a perfect fit. They're going to go get Phoenix. That's why Atlanta's going to move down, take Ayton. And then at three, Memphis is going to take Bagley because I think he's a, yeah. a, a game changer. What, uh, would, what would you do? Especially if, for Memphis. What would you do if this happened? I clicked Sim Lottery until I got one that was interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Hawks get the first pick. Okay. The Clippers move up 11 spots to get the second pick. Jesus. Memphis at three, Phoenix at four. What do you do with that Clippers? I don't know. Bad <laughs> for Phoenix. Clippers, for, I think they take it. Well, I think, Atla- I think they take Atlanta, it. you go, would you go? But that's Dave, the question. Would you go down to or eight? Because oh, Atlanta's got to decide who they're going. For Atlanta, I think would Atlanta, you take, I'm taking, I'd go eight. I would go Luca. I'm going to go Luca. 
then what do you do for the Clippers? You take Aiton, or do you go with Aiden. like a Michael yeah. Porter Jr. because nah. you'd want a three over a guard or a nah? I'd, roll, I'd take Aiton. I'd take. I, I would go. Yeah, I go Atlanta Aiton. Or no, I'm sorry, Atlanta Luca. Clippers, Aiton, yeah. And then Memphis goes Bagley or Bagley or Triple J, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Suns are stuck at four again. Here's one. Wait, so if that happened, who would, if the Suns get pushed to four and that happens? They're taking Bagley, Bagley or Jackson, or, Jackson. The, or Mo Bamba. Do you think they, I would say Bamba or Porter. Ooh. Because, again, going off potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Porter, if, and plus so we're going to see what he does at the combine because Porter, Porter, Jante, and Michael are yeah. working at the oh, combine. Wonderful, wonderful. So well, you said Robert Williams and Robert Williams Aiden and Aiden are not. are not working at the combine. Uh, Aiden does Luca, Luca's Luca isn't. He's not even trying him. out with. Yeah, he's, he's not still trying. Playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's still playing. Yeah, so still playing basketball. <laughs> he's going to be busy with shots with with his his job right now. Um it would be funny if he was like busy, like working at a grocery store over in Europe, just, and not like playing like, ba- basketball. It. Yeah, basketball in the in the early. Um, but again, I, I th- here's the interesting thing that I wanted to throw out there, mm-hmm. um, and I think whatever you guys just said made me f- forget it. Um, <laughs> so great. Uh, but again, we've been pretty much just simming lotteries and just saying, yeah. let's see what happens. Except for we mine, when I said the Bulls are going to get it. Yeah, I mean, obviously we made bold choice. I think Phoenix is going to get the number one pick, uh, even though I just said Atlanta like three seconds ago. We don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. Um, even though we don't know what's going to happen. What would you rather have? Mm-hmm. Again, this might be a stupid question, some people's in mind, but I'll try to. Explain would you it. rather? Would, would you rather have the number one pick, and then, or the, would you rather have the number one or number two pick, or would you rather have the three pick? Because this has been a discussion that we've had yeah. that consistently, the number three pick for the past, I think, eighteen years, the number three pick has always been. It turned out to be two of the best players out of the top. Either one and three, or two and three, have been the. Better of the two players chosen there, and one's so either bu- three, and one's either bust, busted, or two's either busted. And we look at the I think top there were two, two players. years where the three was bad, but out of yeah, the, yeah. And we, we've we've seen that at least in the top two players, DeAndre Aiden and Luka Doncic, we understand that they have the most potential. But Luka's biggest knock, and we've heard this from YouTube commenters, yep. is that he's not athletic and he's not going to make it in the NBA. And I understand that we've all said that he's probably the safest prospect because mm-hmm. he has that mentality. He's been playing basketball since 13 I mean, years old. He's I'm, a professional already. Just and to Aiton, say, we've the, seen, real quick, we, and Aiton, real quick, we've seen that mm-hmm. big men without the defensive mentality, which he showed in Arizona, yeah. really don't pan out to the NBA. I'm just going to say for the commenters, I am almost on their side, but not completely. I don't think Luke is going to be a bust, but I am not sold on him completely. And I like Aiton over Doncic. Yeah, I mean, that's what between you, the two. Yeah, watch your big board so you yeah. can see. That. Yep. But I mean, for me, I would say give me the three, and the main reason why has nothing to do with the one and two. Isn't it so weird to (laughs) say that? And the reason why is think about, and I'll throw the NBA draft into it. Is Jay Glazer was on the herd before the NFL draft? Yeah, and he was saying that he goes, they're talking about Cleveland. He goes, you know what? They're probably sitting there going, Josh Allen's our guy here on Monday. We came up with our board over the weekend. Josh Allen's our guy. But then by Tuesday, oh, no, Baker's our guy. And they're just going to fight with themselves to Mm -hmm. who's the number one on the board. Give me the third pick. Let you take who you want. You take who you want. Then I'm kind of forced to just whatever. This is what I had. And it takes that pressure off of it. While we're talking about the unanimous one-two between Mm -hmm. Luca and DeAndre Ayton, the number three is not unanimous by any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like five guys in the running. I mean, well, most imagine people have Bagley going. But, but also imagine if Porter's healthy. He yeah. might jump up to that three spot. And also, hell, if he's healthy, we saw that he Could was the number one player. One, two. We, we saw that he was the number one player coming into college. 
if he's healthy and mm-hmm. you know NBA mm-hmm. players think he could be a franchise changer, again, we don't know what NBA guys <laughs> are thinking. If people no. think he could be a, a franchise changer yeah. and they take him at one, then you get a Luka Doncic or DeAndre Ayton because they just how the lottery the draft falls to you. Yeah, no, I, I think the one thing you can kind of take away is no one knows what these kids are going to do at the next level. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. We're, we're taking steps that are based off of well, past I mean, experiences and, and, and what past players have and shown. what we've seen on tape it's as well, it, what we've seen from these players. Yeah, no, we're basing it on, you know, oh, this person's had success doing these things, looking mm-hmm. like this with this same body shape. So, yes, there's a, there's a science to it, but it's not an exact science. Well, and we also don't know how these guys will react to the NBA, and we are not doing you interviews with them. You get stuck on that. a head coach that yeah. doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. run a system that works for you. You get stuck in developmental hell, like on the Magic. Like, you don't know what can happen. Well, and another thing is, too, we don't know what these players are like, what mm-hmm. their drives like, mm-hmm. everything. I know people, you know, go and say, well, look at Josh, like, just using the NFL draft. Like, go look at Josh Rosen's interview with Rich Eisen or with Colin Cowherd. It's media. It's different than personality when, when the cameras are them. off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a that's a, something that they're presenting. And people might say, well, that's a job interview. They're going to be presenting themselves in the best way as well. But also, NFL teams, NFL scouts, and NBA teams as well have seen the common threats. And if mm-hmm. they're pushing and pressing these guys, they're going to see how they break down. So it's going to also depend on interviews. Um, I just say it's interesting to say, though, because you even look back at the NFL draft that just happened at 3 Jets get Sam Darnold, who I thought was one of the better franchise mm-hmm. quarterbacks, one of the best, one of the guys with the most potential to be, be a franchise but quarterback. But they didn't have to make three. the decision. They didn't have to make the decision. Yeah. And they got possibly the best player at the most important position mm-hmm. at three, and they didn't do anything besides trade up. So, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's the most important position in the NBA. Can happen. Point card? Point card shooting guard? I don't think so. I don't know. I know. I wouldn't say shooting someone guard. Who, someone who can shoot. Twang. I would just say it's a star. Point forward. It's a it's a star because I mean it doesn't matter because I mean we've seen that Steph Curry is the most important player on the world. Yeah. Oh my Warriors. god, he, he, is, before, he is a game changer. So, before KD, I mean so, even then, even with KD, guys, someone who can shoot, Trey Young. He's he's it. Watch Trey Young be the best player in this draft. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> it could happen. Like again, like Luka Doncic. We all give my garbage Luka, about being Luka like Doncic Steph might be a sixteen-year <laughs> NBA pro. But he might he never might make an all star. Like he might or he might never be, you know, a, a, an all pro, a first team all pro. You know, DeAndre Ayton might not ever play defense and might just turn into a one way player. Mm-hmm. We look at Trey Young, again, he might be a one way player, but he might be able to hide that on a good team and just absolutely ball out like you know, guy yeah. like Steph Curry has. Also, Michael Porter Jr., again, he has everything talent wise to do it. As long as he's healthy, he might be a star too. Mo Bamba Again, I yeah, love there, his body. There's a handful of guys with that. If he's able to work on a, potential, if know? he's able to work on a shot, then you know, and just Which become more consistent. Is. Yeah, Mo Bamba could be the best player. In this You've track. got the template for Mo Bamba. It's Joel Embiid. I, well, he also likes Joel Embiid too. Yeah. So, anyways, let us know your NBA lottery predictions down in the comments below. Again, it's tough to kind of pan this stuff out because mm-hmm. there isn't really a guess. This is why you know people play the lottery and consistently There's lose. An answer. It's all guess. You we, be we have this segment for us conspiracy theories. Let's be honest. And also, it does pretty I well. People it. like to yeah. hear. Ne- our next year, I'm bringing theories. actual tinfoil in for us. Next Good. year, we and should then get you're going full Alex Jones. No, no. Next year, what we're gonna do is we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're doing our own lottery. Oh, I'll, I'll bring in. Yes. I'll bring in a bingo. Yes. Thing. Oh, okay. I'll bring in a bingo All lottery, right. and we'll do it because I mean this was twenty nine minutes. We could do a lottery in twenty nine yeah. minutes. Oh yeah, and we'll do it on 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 okay. segment, mm-hmm. and then we'll do a mock draft. Okay. All right. Let's do that. Yes. That's going to be next year. Hell, maybe right. we'll do it next week. 
If you want to, if you want to see that, let us know in the comments down below. And this is going to really let's, depend. Let's save it for next year. Let's well, put that in the development. Again, let's see what happens. I don't want it to be rushed, is what I'm saying. Well, I want this to be. We'll, we'll see what happens. Be. Let us know down in the Postal comments. Lotteries Wednesday. Let us know down in the comments below. Why, why not? Well, who cares? Why not? Just let us know down in the comments below um, whether you want to see uh, a, a true live uh, lotto and my draft. <laughs> be so uh, cool. Down in the comments below. And also, this would be good because we'll see if people are actually staying this long to to, to listen <laughs> and watch this video yeah. uh, in the 29th minute. But anyways, it's gonna wrap up the fast break podcast for Dave Oster, Ricky Moore, I'm Sean Anderson. Don't forget to check out patreoncom podcast. Check out Ricky Whitmer's article on mostvalpodcast.com and the MVP shop over at Uh Also, don't forget to raise five stars on iTunes, the Onside Kick, the Primetime Podcast, the Rick and Johnny Podcast, and the Fast Break. And also, don't forget to check out Buzz and Juice on the Outcast. Danny Parkins of The Score is going to be on their show on Wednesday. But again, for these two bozos and me, uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.